0: This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 63.2. And we are continuing our playthrough of Dongan Rumpa V3 Killing Harmony. And tonight I have with me Matt. Hello. And Jay. He did. And so, yeah. We finished the third class trial. Time to move on to the fourth one. Um. Try man. So the big thing here mm-hmm. is uh. Was it more about the no? It wasn't more about the uh, funeral stuff.
1: At the very beginning, I can't remember what it was. At the very beginning. At the very beginning, there was actually an interesting bit of like a video clip. It's like a recording made by uh, Rontaro. Right. Yeah, yeah. The you know remember the guy who didn't know his own ultimate talent. He died at the very beginning, the first child, mm-hmm. and uh, he said a lot of very curious things. Actually, he says, you know, you wanted to be here. You wanted this killing game, so you have to win, no matter what, is what his uh, voice, a uh, video recording said. Um, we don't know entirely who the uh the person that was you know, supposed to be the recipient of this video is supposed to be. Or where this video is from, but uh we're also, you know, obviously getting clued into the idea that Ron Tyrell indeed did know a lot more than he let on. It's just a shame that he was killed off so early before we got to really know him or learn anything about what he knew. Yeah.
2: A suspicious shame.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, maybe almost, uh, almost to the point where it feels like maybe he killed up, he was killed off before he was able to discover himself and his, you know, ultimate ability, right? Maybe he was a hindrance to someone that wanted the killing game to go on, uh, unhindered, more to speak. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, we basically kind of gather up at the, uh, at the dining hall as, as they normally do, um... So you kind of, you know, you get the same things where the pattern of you get items, right? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Where you get uh, these items and you go around looking for new areas to open up. And on top of those items that they got, um, he also presented a new key card as the motive. And the key card, we don't know what it's for, where it's supposed to be used. But unfortunately, Kokichi says, yoink, I'll take that. Thank you very much. I immediately thought it had to be to
2: the library.
0: That's what I was thinking too, and I don't yeah, know why yeah. any of these dumbass people haven't
1: thought of that. <laughs> that, that. That makes a lot of sense, uh, but at the same time, why would the mastermind give you give Kokichi the access to some place that was like private, maybe for their own use? But uh, yeah, I mean that's the only place we've seen so far that has uh, a key card access, right? So that that would certainly make sense. But we don't know where it is yet. But Kokichi kind of runs up with it. And uh, Kaito chases after him, uh, trying to basically get it back before he does something crazy. Because you don't want anything that's dangerous in Kokichi's hands, right? Like, he's not the last person that you want yeah. uh, to any, have any kind of uh, influence over anybody. So we do our usual spiel. And then uh, we go around and we find the co- ultimate cosplayer's lab, the ultimate detective's lab, the ultimate robot's lab and uh you know the basically general fairly fairly generic labs I thought the robot lab was funny because uh Kibo actually doesn't like sci-fi stuff he wants to be more like human, and the fact that the robot lab is all very science fictiony uh Matthew, kind of too. offended him you know people are being robophobic, i guess <laughs> uh and after they look around um you know they uh they they go ahead and uh, gather up again to you know talk about their findings and they bring back the flashback light uh, they they have and Kokichi comes back along as well and he says like ah you know uh, I got the card and all but I didn't know where to use it and he's like eh forget it i give up whatever <laughs> who cares and uh, i'm sure everyone believed kokichi right he's uh he's a very trustworthy guy's never told a lie in his entire life uh, so they, they used the flashback light because they want to learn more about their situation. And this time, do you guys remember, uh, what, what, what kind of things was brought to light? Uh,
0: they brought up the, um, the Gopher Project.
1: Yes, it did. And what is the Gopher Project?
0: Um, so the, uh, meteorites that were coming mm-hmm. toward Earth, um, they said, hey, we're probably not going to make it out alive here, so we need to start a project so we can send some hopeful people to possibly colonize a new planet. And so they started the Gopher Project um, to hopefully, um, I mean, their Earth's last hope.
1: Right. So they but at the same to, time, go ahead. Um, there was a group of people that believed that humanity was, you know, kind of responsible for its own, you know, damnation. And they felt that, Humans, you know, humanity should just die, right? Yeah. They felt like the, mankind deserves damnation, is what they were saying. Um, you know, due to a lot of different reasons, I think they had maybe some kind of guilt or whatever. Uh, and with this opportunity of these meteorites posing such a threat to humanity as a whole, maybe they thought, they thought this was a good opportunity to basically maybe start anew right, for Earth without humanity and uh so that's a that's a lot of information so this Gopher project but they don't really know the exact details of what the Gopher project was except they have the they have the feeling that it might have failed but they can they can't quite explain how or why and at 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 the uh you know at late night the uh Shuichi and Kaito you know go on with their training but they also invite Maki and we learn a lot a lot more about Maki here as well, we get a lot more character development from her side, learning about her kind of upbringing as an assassin and what she did at the uh, the orphanage and the the fact that she actually did take care of children, uh, you know, as uh, as kind of one of the older kids that were living at the orphanage at the time.
2: So, did you say there's more color to this if you spend time with her, or is this the main like info dump of her as a kid?
1: Um, you get a lot more information actually so when you spend uh, some time with her. There's some information about some characters that's not mentioned here, and one of the reasons why she decided to go into uh, this whole assassin business was because she she had to go in uh, in the stead of her friend who was talented. but She was you know weak you know uh, in the body, so she wouldn't have survived the uh, the training. So she actually volunteered herself in in her friend's stead. That's something that you learn by spending some time with her. Uh, but it, it kind of broke her as as these trainings are kind of meant to do. And uh, on the on the side side story, we also you know had this thing where Kukichi. Uh, I mean the the, ne- the next day we uh you know gather up in the in the cafeteria again, and people are are starting to get anxious because you know. Because it's just a matter of time. It's that's how always uh, that's how it always happens. There's always like a day or two before nothing happens, and then there's like a motive that's introduced, and someone dies. And Gunta in particular is very frustrated because he obviously wants to help and save people, but he's he's in the position that he can't really do anything because not a you know he's not a smart guy, right? And even though he's very strong, he can't like fight the robots barehanded. It's just impossible. But at the same time, he, because he feels so useless, he says that he wants to, you know, go ahead and fight Monokuma. And, you know, try to maybe uh, find a way to, you know, f- either find a mastermind or find a way to defeat Monokuma for good so that they can escape this place together. And then they have an altercation where Kaito and Kokichi, you know, as per usual, they've always kind of been standoffish. But Kokichi, you know, he, he knows how to press those buttons, right? He knows how to get under your skin and Kaito basically punches Kokichi in the face. And about, time. Uh, yeah, about about time, right? I'm sure I'm sure everyone uh, playing through the game wanted to at least uh do this at some point or another or maybe worse, right? Uh but after this uh Kokichi kind of runs off. He seems pretty pissed off. And uh, at the at la- late night of that night, we he- we see a scene where Kokichi is actually in secret talking with Monokuma, mm-hmm. telling him that he actually used the motive, he actually understands what the motive is, and then he wants Moro- Monokuma's assistance in making the game more interesting. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, you don't want those two working together. So there's a, there's something afoot. Uh, and then in the midst of this, Mew actually tries to contact everyone and says, she found a way to escape from this place, right? She found a way to escape. So obviously everyone was curious. Like, oh my god, did she, find, did she find another tunnel? Or did she find another exit of some sort? And then they gather up in the computer room that we discovered before. And then she basically says, like, well, when I meant escape, I mean we can escape in this cool video game world that I I, I made. And that'll be nice. And then everyone is basically pissed off. Because everyone basically... <laughs> assume that she found a way out and she's like no i made a video game and then she's kind of all fidgety as she kind of gets when she gets very defensive but kokichi comes along and says like yeah let's go into it there might be uh, you know uh, some kind of a hint uh, towards how to get out or maybe about the outside world in the game so everyone says like yeah i guess i guess you can't leave any stones unturned right so they decide to go into the game but um you have to connect a couple of wires. It's kind of like a VR headset, so you're kind of connected to this game. And there's a lot of rules uh, to this uh, to this game world. Do you guys remember? Um, yeah. Uh,
0: there are people who are logged in as uh, humans, and there are things. Everything else is labeled as items. Um, no item can be destroyed mm-hmm. in the world. Um. Humans, if they take damage, lethal damage in the game, their brain makes it real, kind of like the Matrix. Yeah, it's a basic Matrix. And, uh, they will die of shock. Um, I think that's most of the general rules, right?
2: There is yeah. a loading, there's a loading screen. You can't go through walls. Yeah. People can't.
1: Mm hmm. So, and also, because you know, Mew actually saw this game, and this game was kind of a tool for Monokuma to use in order to maybe use as another motive for people to get trapped in or maybe to you know, start the killing games again. So Mew actually reprogrammed and modified this game to remove basically every object that could be used as a weapon right you know so anything like a knife you know any kind of sharp object like a blunt instrument or whatever uh, any weapon she says like i took out all of it you know that way we can safely explore this place without any kind of issue and then once they get into the game what what did this uh visual styling uh remind you guys of honestly it reminded me of uh, world of final fantasy yeah, yeah, it does have that chippy uh, look to it, like mm-hmm. a PS one game or some sign, right? Yeah, uh, it's got that like little bit of a uh, chiptuny kind of uh, music to it as well. I thought it was uh, pretty pretty funny seeing all the characters in their avatar form. And yeah, it went differently, yeah. Um, one other thing that she did is that because they're in a video game, she made everyone's strength equal. So even though Gunta obviously being a very, you know, strong guy outside the world, he would have the same uh, strength as like Himiko, you know, because she doesn't want anyone to just be able to like strangle each other to death or something crazy like that. So she made a lot of precautions to make sure that no one can really get hurt in this world, which uh, which was nice. So they decide to um, separate into two groups. There is this main mansion place and there is this church on the other side of the map where you have to kind of go across this uh bridge and then go through this loading screen to get to. And they said like, well, well, you know, we'll we'll cover more ground if we split up. So they decided to uh split into two different groups and uh, go ahead and search the buildings. Uh and then basically the the group that was in the mansion when they were kind of doing their investigation, they heard a loud noise, like a loud like bang like a dud.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right outside They're like oh my god what's going on So they, they gather together And they go outside and they try to look around But they can't see anything But uh, the uh, the group outside uh, The the other side of the uh, Other side of the river Mew had actually You know kind of She made it look She made it she tried to make it look like an accident but it was very obvious that she sabotaged the bridge so no one could yep. cross from one place and then they- so she basically just like walked up to it and said, whoops and then just kinda like threw it into the river. <laughs> But uh, because we needed to get to the other side of the, you know, the river, we actually found looked around for the sign and we found it by the by the other side of the mansion, which was odd. But regardless, we picked it up, we brought it over there, and we let we brought everyone that was at the side of the chapel and then brought them to the main building because they needed to log out using a phone that was inside the the mansion. And once we log out, we see um the the one only mule being being dead. And uh, she she has this really hard look on her face. She's she looks like she's clawing at her neck, uh, and she she seems to have died in a very uh, with a lot of suffering. Yeah, in mind, uh, which is which is unfortunate. And at this point, you know, we do our investigation, but as per usual, we'll go uh, to our to the trial and then kind of relegate what we found uh, during the investigation during the trial process. Okay. So at, at the first, we have to figure out, oh, well, Kaito was the only person who was logged out when uh, we, you know right before Mew was found dead.
2: mysteriously, by the way.
1: yeah, yeah, like he just logged out in- instantaneously. He wasn't at the phone or anything like that. Uh, and then we also found this vial of poison uh you know outside in, in the real world, of course. And so they're saying like, well, yeah, Kaito logged out and then she must have poisoned Mew. But that doesn't make any sense because she wasn't killed by the poison because uh, the the symptoms of the poison is that her eyes would be bloodshot if if the poison was used. So the poison actually seems more likely that it was placed placed, uh, there as a diversion of some sort. So when we look at the cause of death We can only assume that if she was not Killed outside of the game She was, uh, she was killed inside some, By some kind of strangulation Based on how she was clawing at her neck Trying to protect her windpipes well, wind It seemed like there was a struggle And the, uh, the trauma on her neck Kind of points to the point But at the same time that doesn't make any sense Because no, no avatar has enough strength In that world to like just straight up Strangle someone with their hand so they must have used a tool of some sort, and yeah, uh, I, actually, I
2: actually, really like this investigation as you as you're getting into this point, right? In it where, you know, where you're starting to uncover things because I don't know something about the fact that you know, knowing that you're gonna have to juggle some things in the real world, some things mm-hmm. in this double digital world, and then the fact that like that little world is so small, but there's so many rules. Oh yeah, I felt it was easier for me to like try and try and figure out what happened because half the time I, I you know i don't i don't even have a theory by the time we get to the uh by the time we get to the actual class trial i mean there's just so many things that could have happened so many unexplained bits that don't get tied together till later i think because it was like focused on this smaller world i felt Correct. like i could come up with
1: more theories more quickly mm-hmm. yeah that's, i, I that's definitely very came true.
0: up with a theory going into the class trial
1: uh you what know? were your theories by the way going into the trial i'm curious
0: well, my my theory, which turned out to be correct, and mm-hmm. I was kind of mom- well. If
1: it's if, it, if it's correct, then let's not say what it is, <laughs> but like because we're gonna you know we're gonna deduce that as we go down with the trial. But what right. was your theory, Matt? Were you also correct, or did you think something different?
2: Uh, I ended up correct. I mean, I just it, it evolved as as more information came in, but okay, you know, I, I felt like at least I had bits and pieces figured out. Yeah, I felt like because
0: know. I was a video game player, I figured <laughs> out this world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the biggest trick in the game, uh, which was not a surprise to anyone who's played those old school RPGs, right? Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's that's a common thing that happens in those kind of worlds. But I suppose to someone who hasn't played those games, it could be more of a surprise, right? Yeah. Um. So I thought that was interesting, and also the fact that they kept bringing out different rules and ideas on how the the rules could be manipulated to to suit each each situation. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. So um, the tool that, uh, you know, we're basically looking for some kind of a tool that was used to strangle Mew, right? And at this point, we're looking around. And we're like, what, what that? You know, there's no, like, piano wire or something crazy like that. And then we actually just kind of found this roll of toilet paper. And then we came to the realization that all the items and all the objects in this world are indestructible. So basically that toilet paper could be used as an incredibly sturdy piece of like, like rope that could be tied around someone, uh, to be used as a, as a strangling device. So, you know, we basically found the toilet paper, uh, and we, at this point, we tried to figure out like, well, you know, which, sh- but she was killed by the chapel though, right? Cause that's where her avatar's body was found by the, uh, by the right side of the chapel wall. But the toilet yeah, I mean, paper. Yeah, yeah, the toilet paper was uh, on, you know, right next to the mansion outside So how did the murder weapon get all the way over here through the loading screen and everything? That doesn't make any sense So maybe she was killed by something else Maybe she was killed by, like, the hammer or something like that Um, And the hammer um, shouldn't exist because Mew said she took away basic anything that could be used as a weapon, right? Yeah uh, so that could only mean that since Mew was the pr- one uh, that reprogrammed this, uh, this world in this game, she was actually the person that brought it. And the reason why she brought it is because she was the one who actually wanted to commit the murder in the first place. And it turns out that uh, she wanted to meet Kokichi on the on the rooftop. And uh, she wanted to, to use the poison uh, kind of as a way to make it look like he was killed in the real world. And she also had this cell phone that allowed her to log anyone out remotely just by saying their name. So what she was planning to do was that she was going to log Kaito out forcefully using the cell phone. Plant and you know, have the have the poison planted, you know, since she was the last person to log in, she could have, you know, had the opportunity to do that. And once once Kaito was logged out, she would commit the murder and make it look like it happened in the real world. By you know process of elimination, kaito would only be you know, only be the perpetrator because he's the only person outside the game world that's that was kind of her plan, but that's not what happened right because she ended up being the one dead but at the same time, well if she was trying to kill kokichi and she invited kokichi to the rooftop then he he must be the perpetrator right he must have been the one to kill I mean whether he did it for self defense or not he must be the one that, that did it but unfortunately or rather fortunately for kokichi is that there is a a, a thing that she programmed into her uh into the the avatar of kokichi that makes her so that if she touches kokichi then kokichi cannot move at all like he's basically just kind of frozen and can't do anything in that kind of situation it would be basically impossible for 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 have him to like strangle, her, right? Because yeah. even if she was he was using the toilet paper, she would struggle, and all she needed to do was just basically like touch him slightly, and then he would just be uh, at his at her mercy. That doesn't make any sense, and also it also doesn't make sense that if she was killed on the rooftop, there's no way for her body to have gotten to the chapel. So we need to solve the big mystery of the hidden idea of this world, right? Because there's something weird about this world, because we heard the voice outside that basically said, uh, basically made the noise from the chapel, but during, between the loading screens and, and in the half of the map, you're not able to hear noises. So there must be some kind of a trick that allowed Mew A to get to this side of the river, because the bridge was out at that point. And, uh, you know, b for the perpetrator to have moved her body back to where the chapel was, so we basically kind of look at all the all the facts sumugi, for example, saw uh so uh, meal walking about downstairs, and then she she basically thought she was mistaken because she was not you know meal was not supposed to be there, but if he if she if, you know, once she kind of thought about it, she did definitely see her and also the fact that we heard all the noise that means there's something going on, you know, with the way that uh, Mew is able to uh, able to move, and it turns out that she made Mew made one other modification, aus- outside of Kokichi you know, freezing up if uh, Mew touches him, and it's that um, she made her avatar into classification of an object and not a human being, um, which seemed which seemed weird, right? Because why would she do that? What's the purpose of that? What advantage does she get? Because
0: she altered the world. Exactly. She altered the world to where there is a wall. And uh in this virtual wall, nothing can pass through it except for objects. And since she is classified as an object, she can just walk right through the wall. The other modification that she made was she... uh she made the map. Specifically, she made the map the the way she wanted us to look at it rather than how it really is. Uh, the church and the mansion are actually connected together, and they're separated by that imaginary wall that Mew made. Um, the loading screen's on the other side.
1: Right. So basically what she did is that the the map that she presented to us... Was cut in a way where the right side of the map was on the left... And the right side of the map was... I mean, right side of the, on the left... And the left side of the map is on the right... So if you actually flip and connect those together... Then that would have been the actual map... And what she did was that she put a wall between the two buildings... So that she could freely travel between the two... Uh, when no one, no one else could... So at that point... Uh, we can deduce that she was killed on top of the roof and using uh, a lattice uh do you guys like i this is like the first time i've actually heard the word lattice like do you, have you guys ever heard this word like used it before in some kind of context
0: yeah uh we use it for like buildings and stuff
1: yeah so uh, i've never used it once in my life so when i, I would, when i, I saw popped up that
2: thing a pallet though, more than a lattice
1: right it, it, it seems like a, a pallet
0: i don't know mm-hmm. um lattice is usually like used for walls like um like, a, like an outside kind of uh, a porch or maybe even like an outside building. Uh, lattices usually have holes in it kind of thing. It looks
1: like a part of a fence is what it exactly. looks like. Exactly. Look, it looks like a yeah. part
0: of a fence. Um, and that's, okay. that's usually what it is. It's it's like a, a makeshift fence that you put on a building. Mm-hmm. Usually like if you ever look at a house, sometimes if it has a crawl space, sometimes they put lattice around it.
3: Oh,
1: uh, like underneath of that like like rac- raccoons and stuff like that I won't crawl under there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's just the first time. And then what the perpetrator must have done is that since she was killed on the roof, they used uh, the the ladder is kind of almost like a sled, and they pushed her off the off the rooftop on the side because there's kind of like a slant, you know, along with the sl- uh, along with the snow. And if being the physics basically works exactly identical to the real world, she would have sled down the rooftop at extreme speed and then landed on the other side of this imaginary wall that she created because she and everything else that was on her was classified as object had no problem phasing through that wall riding right onto the side of the chapel wall then that's where we heard the noise and we can hear the noise obviously because it's not it's not a true loading zone it's actually just an imaginary wall that she put up there and at this point, we're like, okay, well, we found out how the perpetrator killed and moved the body, but we have no idea who the perpetrator is, right? Because we're like, okay, we still don't know who it is. And then we think about something that Kokichi told us. Because Kokichi said he had actually never been on the rooftop because it was locked. But then when he was talking about the, uh, uh, the, the, the layout of the rooftop, the the was the brick railings, the you know the slant of the roof. It was very detailed and very specific. It's things that he he should not have been able to know unless he was up there. So he was obviously lying about being no, up there. In the no, film. way. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I think I think this is the first time he's ever lied. So it really caught me <laughs> by surprise. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So we're like, okay, then Kokichi must have wait. But wait a minute. He can't have done it. That doesn't make any sense because he, he has that he has that uh, modification on his avatar that makes it so that if Mew um, touches him then he can he can' have done it but that means there must have been someone else that did the crime
0: The issue there is is the power of deduction mm-hmm. because Suichi and how hey hey pronounce her name Samugi yeah they have alibis because they were both with each other. Uh, kaito was logged out at this point the only other person that was there and could physically be there was gunta
2: except he would never do such a thing no be-
1: gunta gunta never tell lies gunta never you know he's a he's a perfect he's trying to be a gentleman right mm-hmm. uh but there's something there's something odd about gunta during this trial because well we understand the fact that gunta is not the smartest guy around. But he keeps saying that i don't understand i don't I don't understand what's going on, and when we ask him about the virtual world, he says he's actually never been in there.
0: He said he was asleep, and when he woke mm-hmm. up, mew was dead so is this where we go into
1: the deduction of oh, he listened to himiko on accident? <laughs> Uh, what do you mean? The oh yeah, well you can do that too because I mean we have to figure out like how come Gunta doesn't remember anything about being in the virtual war, right? Yeah, there was one other piece of
0: evidence saying there was a user error, um, when going into the virtual world to begin with. Yeah, and we figure out what that user error was. It happened to do with Gunta, um, because um, when they were getting their headsets ready, there's two cords that they had to plug in. Uh, A blue and a red one. I can't remember which one it is, but let's say the blue one goes on the right and the red one goes on the left. And Himiko said constantly, she's like, i hold my chopsticks in my right hand so blue would go there. He listened to her, but because he's not that smart, he forgot his left hand, he's left-handed, so he uses Mm his chopstick in his left hand, so he accidentally got the wires crossed. Because of that, he got a user error uh, and he has no memory of what happened while
1: inside the virtual world, right? Because that was uh, that was kind of a hanging point, right? Because we've known Gunter for a while at this point, right? And he's like, I mean, obviously he can he, he can be easily manipulated, but he's not a liar, you know. He would never lie about anything. There were so many times in other cases where he could have lied to make himself look more innocent but it's like oh no gunta could have definitely done that gunta could have killed him for sure but gunta never do that so like he always implicates himself despite the fact that he could have just easily lied about anything so he's someone that is a not like he's such such a good natured guy that he wouldn't lie and the uh, the very idea that he would kill someone was was preposterous, and everyone, including every character, you know, Shuichi, Sumugi, Himiko, they all agreed that like, there no way, no way, Gunta killed. Him. But that is what the deduction has led us to, right? And um, that's basically, it, man, this this point where like Gunta was like crying and he was like saying like, I would never do this, you know? Please trust Gunta. I broke my heart, dudes. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I was like, oh, it was very sad. I, I was like, yeah. oh. My God, I, 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 don't do, want to I miss do like you.
2: the characters in this game. Yeah, I, mean, I I love them. I hate them, but they all evoke some kind of emotion. I mean, there's a few that are relatively nondescript, but th- they're all pretty good.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, as as the famous quote goes, once you eliminate the impossible, whether uh, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. And, uh, we, we say that, okay, we did, we did the voting time. We don't understand the motive. We don't understand why, but it is, you know, it is basically only Gunta that could have done it. We, you know, basically figured out how he he might have been, he could have gotten down from the rooftop afterwards. He could have used the toilet paper, uh, kind of as like a rope by connecting it to where, where the binoculars are up there and then kind of that came was, down on the other side.
2: Go ahead. That was the one thing that bothered me a little bit is why sure. was, why wasn't the, toilet paper still unraveled
1: uh i don't know I don't, I don't know the item classifications and how that works because um, it, it, it
2: that, would have been a little easier to figure it out that he'd used it as a rope because you know he clearly didn't have time to roll it back up so it, you know it's just a little i was like well, oh, yeah. that's a little unfair it's kind of like you, you you lied to me a little bit by showing me a roll of toilet paper, not a lot well,
1: maybe he had uh he had enough time to roll it up and not enough time to get rid of it in that moment, or maybe the item kind of goes back to its its original shape after a while. It is a video game world, but uh, I can definitely understand your frustrations and them not being straightforward and uh, explaining that. They could have basically said like "Oh, all items go back to their natural state after a certain time, right that could have explained it, but uh that wasn't told to us.
2: Yeah, and there and there wasn't that much time. I mean, as soon as he got down, he was basically caught. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, basically, and he had to kind of go up and meet the other people. So, yeah, um,
2: the whole point of that moment him having to throw was that he didn't have any time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, at, at this point, um we tried to figure out cuz everyone is everyone is confused, everyone is pissed. It is true that Gonta is the killer, you know, verified by Monokuma. But we tried to figure out why and you guys remember why like why 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 things happened this way? Uh Kokichi. Kokichi, that's a that's a name that we heard before. Like what what did he do? He influenced
0: uh Gonta into killing Mew because Mew was originally going to kill Kokichi, uh and he turned the tables on her by using Gonta. But it's because of the motive itself. Uh, Kokichi knows
1: the truth of the
0: outside world, and he showed it to Gonta.
1: Right, that was kind of what the, the meeting between him and Monokuma was at that night. He wanted Monokuma to put that, that flashback light inside of the game itself, so he could use it uh, on Gunta. Or, I'm not sure if he meant to use it from Gunta from the get-go, but it, it sure seemed that way, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, this is all explained via an alter ego version of Gunta, who is um, still in the virtual world and has all of Gunther's memories. And uh, he basically says, hey, I saw what is going on in the outside world, and if you guys see it, you would all want to die.
1: Yeah, it's and then he felt or rather Kokichi convinced him and whether this is true or not you know is up to the uh, up to the person he said you know it might be better for them to know i mean not know and then die not knowing than to know and then just kind of wallow in despair and then to die cuz let's say for example if you're going to die anyway some terrible death let's say for example you are destined to die next week right would you like someone to have told you well not, not not next week, but let's say you're gonna die in like two days. Would you like to have someone tell you that you're gonna die in two days and then kind of wallow in despair and then kind of like live in fear for the remainder of those two days or just kind of live live, live out your not life normally before you die
2: uh, seems not to be being a, to anything seems to be a conversation we have fairly often,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it would have been better. It would have been a mercy kill of some sort because, as Gunta said, it's hell inside, but it's also hell outside. So what is the point, right? Because everyone that died, everyone that tried to escape, they, they basically did it for nothing. And when they ask Gunta and press him for information about what the truth of the outside world, he just won't say, you know? Yep. he just won't he just won't tell them because they'll all despair they'll all become like him, uh maybe you know take try to take them take their own lives, so he refuses to do anything and uh at this point, we have our you know unfortunate punishment time, and gunta is executed in a very grotesque way yeah. uh involving the birth of some kind of a crazy insectoid creature that that pierces gunta and then and then Monokuma like was it uh Use a flamethrower. And on top of that, during this execution, both uh, Monofani and uh, Monotaro are killed off as well. Yep. So there are no more, you know, no more uh, Mono Cubs left. They're all dead. Yeah,
2: just, um, just a Mono original.
1: Yeah, just, just just the original is good to go. And after after all of this, you know, everyone is pissed off at Kokichi, understandably, because they feel at this point that Kokichi just simply manipulated Konter to do his bidding. And uh just 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 got him killed off, so kaito, as he did before, just you know just a day ago, you know basically goes after him about to punch him in the face, but uh, instead of Kaito punching Kokichi, it's Kokichi that actually strikes Kaito and he's kind of uh standing over him very triumphantly and says like, you're way slower than before kaito, you know, you sure you're not hiding anything And he basically says, no matter what happens, you know, this this world this this game, everything around it, this is this is stupid. And at the end of the day, the winner is gonna be me, and he just walks away. And Kaito, you know, and uh, we've seen this scene before, but this was a you know, we've seen this scene privately. But he starts really coughing up blood, like really hardcore. There's like a ton of blood, and everyone is uh, basically very concerned about Kaito's health. And uh, we see a little little scene with Kukichi. And man, the... Kukishi is like... The animation for his sprites, for his like characters thing. Like when he does that face, and when he says, it's almost time, I'll end it. And he does that thing where he sticks his hand out, he's got that smile on his face, and it's all dark. Yeah,
2: his face goes black. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's that's chilling. It's, it's like, creepy. that, yeah, that, that got under my skins. And we see something at the very end, and it's the letters uh, by the courtyard. And it has filled up completely. Yep. And, and the letters say, this world is mine. Kukichi Oma. Didn't see that coming. Well, that's... It started out with the words, a horse. And by the end of chapter four, it turns into, this world is mine. Yeah, very, so not very, the foreign very... world I expected, but... yeah. Uh... Um, you guys guessed that uh, the sign was basically warning them that this world is not real But uh, it seems like maybe it was written by Kokichi Saying that, you know, kind, kind of uh, laying claim to this world for himself in some way or another But there are some things that's happening I think Kokichi uh, is really starting to get these gears turning and try to do something really crazy Oh yeah yeah, and that's the end of chapter four, and then we get straight right into chapter five. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and at this point, uh, we start out with a scene—not some kind of grand revelations that we generally usually get—but it's a scene just with Monokuma with uh, the funeral pictures of all his Monocubs, and he says something that I found interesting. And he says, "What is an irre- irreplaceable life?" As all their, you know, all the Monocubs' picture disappear. Um, well, did you Did you guys have any thoughts about what he was saying? Maybe some deeper meaning, or was he just being his usual monocle self? I'm sure there is some meaning to it.
0: Hmm. Um. I don't know. I think it goes back to my theory a little bit.
1: <laughs> Everything goes <laughs> back to Drew's theory. It's true. Ah, uh, I love it. I have to justify just it took- somehow. <laughs> what were you saying, Matt?
2: I just took it as ridiculous. I mean, I. If the intent was to make someone think that he was contemplating whether the players' lives are real, I didn't buy that for a second.
1: Oh, okay, I mean, I mean, by all means, if you think about all the scenes that Monokuma's in that makes no sense and has no relevance or anything, you're you're perfectly, you know, in in the right mind to think that way too. Yeah, like
2: strange. almost all of the the Monokuma theaters, mm-hmm. they're just so nonsensical, like. They, they, they don't have fit any kind of narrative. They they don't relate to each other. It's just like some random spout of nonsense for 60 seconds.
1: I do I do like their references. They made references to classic horror movies throughout the chapters. One was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One was uh, Night of the Living Dead. One was like Jaws and things like A that. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare yep. on Elm Street as well. So like the really big classic uh Horror, horror movies. Uh, he also they, they does kind of like
0: of... other movies too, because he he referenced fucking Titanic with him, like you know, <laughs> he I'm, died. I'm the king of the world. There mm-hmm. uh, what else? Was there? a Clockwork Orange? Um, God, there was a few. of The Terminator, I think, was one of them. Yeah,
1: that was Terminator yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, there's a ton of them yeah this is this is pretty cool stuff I think they're just there for funsies or maybe there's some kind of an overarching art that we're not quite getting yeah uh, so e- either I, way
2: I think this is, is different because it was him contemplating and being doing a little soul searching but
1: mm.
2: no more real
1: yeah yeah I, I can totally understand okay, so we start off the chat uh we start up the chapter and we're like oh, man the, we get new items again we try to uh you know find new areas that's going to be opened up but at the same time everyone's like where is kokichi we can't find him and that's very worrisome you know cuz kokichi said a lot of things about winning the game uh regardless of how you take uh, how you can interpret that kind of a of a statement coming from someone like kokichi who has basically led to someone's death in the previous case uh well multiple characters death in the previous case you have to really think about it and try to kind of get a reins on them, but we can't find them. But we're looking for them, so we go around exploring again, and we find the astro- uh astro- uh was it uh the astronauts? astronauts lab. Yeah, astro- ultimate astronaut lab, and uh, in the lab we actually find a document about the Gopher project. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, I I think I think you're the you're the person to explain this one because I think it really connects to your theory, right?
2: Uh, yeah. I don't really remember exactly what it said at this point, but...
1: <laughs> so, basically, uh, the word gopher, what what comes to mind when you when you hear the word gopher? Yeah, the hiding. animal. The animal gopher? Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of uh, the way it's used in these documents, and also in their meaning, I think, is the fact that Noah's Ark was made from go- a gopher wood. So you know they're talking about the Gopher Project is supposed to be a thing where they send the you know the, the best and the brightest as kind of uh was it uh, the last last chance kind of almost like the seabed that uh, Matt was talking about before with his theory saying that this is basically the new noah 's ark that 's why it 's called the Gopher project because it 's you no know, Gopher wood and Go- noah 's Ark and all that stuff and uh yeah they 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 find uh, they find some interesting stuff there so yeah, i was pretty
2: excited at this part i'm like done figure it all out
1: yep. but the thing about it matt you had to come to a realization that this was only chapter 5 did you think
2: it yeah, would give no, you everything
1: that, at this point that,
2: that absolutely made me nervous <laughs> because yeah. you know just like every every first accusation in every you know, murder mystery is not correct. I'm like, this is a revelation, but it can't be the revelation.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's certainly the way it looks like it. And also, the, the fact that it's like kind of conveniently there is also yep. uh, something that you might want to question. And they also go around exploring, and they find this really large area. It looks like a like a science fiction like cyber courtyard, and there's like a hangar, right? And the hangar houses basically all the XSLs. And there are just, like, big hydraulic press, and there's a bunch of robots and stuff like that. So it seems like this is where the extra cells were being maintained and um, in a kind of place when they're not being used. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, they find one more room, and uh, they can't access it.
0: Yeah, this this is the room that I want to go into so bad.
1: <laughs> there, there might be answers behind that room, mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately, Monokuma shows up and says, "Like, well, you know, if you discover an ultimate lab before the, uh, I mean, after the, uh, you know, the, the the person dies, then uh, you know, there's no point for you guys to open it. So I kept this one locked. And by that definition, then this must have been Terrorist lab. Uh, and the thing about this door is that." Can you can you describe the door to me? It looks really ominous, right? It looks like blood stains all over the door. Blood stains, there's like looks like there's like a silhouette of like a chainsaw. There's like weapons on it and stuff like that. Like what are you guys feeling? Like what was Rantero's ultimate talent then just by looking at this door, what what are you guys feeling? Mad Men? Mad Men, yeah, definitely. The the Wii game, right? <laughs> uh that was Manhunt, wasn't it? No, 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 the Wii game, Mad, uh, Mad, Mad World, right?
0: Oh, Mad World, yeah. 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 I don't know what I'm thinking here. I honestly, I, I still think this is all just a ruse.
1: Okay, ruse by who though? Monokuma. Monokuma, hmm. Well, it is kind of sketchy that he just won't let them in, right? Like, yeah. For what, what's the purpose? Like, just like, let them in, let them see the room. Uh, get some ideas on what uh, who Rontera was, and this also harkens back to the idea that we saw that video clip of him in Chapter Four, that was talking about like you wanted this, you have to win it no matter what. So it it uh, raises more questions certainly. And at this point, um, we kind of gather up uh, at the at the dining room dining hall again, and Sumugi says like, "Oh my God, guys, guys, I saw the letters in the courtyard." And uh, she, she says that, it says, this world is mine, Kokichi Oma, and they're all freaking out, it's like, oh my god, Kokichi is doing something crazy, or maybe he was messing with them again, or whatever, and so they tried to look for him, but they can't find him, unfortunately. And after that day, they decide to kind of gather up together, and, uh, you know, Kaito, Shuichi, and uh, Maki, which have kind of been like, become like a tight-knit group together, right? Yeah. They kind of gather together. They do the training thing. They really get along. I think they really understand each other in a lot of ways. And um, they say like, "Well, we need to start preparing for any kind of situation that might arise." So Kaito says like, "Well, teach me how to at least like assemble this crossbow that's over here." So Shuichi and Kaito uh, learn from Maki uh, to learn how to assemble and uh, to shoot the crossbow. And uh, the next day, everyone gathers in the dining hall once more. And Kaito says, "All right, there's no more monocubs. That means there's no more XS cells, because only the monocubs were supposed to be able to control them in the first place. So that means we only need to fight Monokuma and take him down. So that's that's all we got to do. So let's let's do it, guys. Like this is the time. This is you know, we can't wait any longer. There, you know, everyone everyone is getting killed off left and right. There's only seven people left alive. If this goes on any, any longer, then Monokuma is gonna get what he wants." So they gather up all the different types of weapons and items at the gym, and they say, well, we're going to just have a front-line you know, front line assault. And guess who shows up? Coke fucking Kichi. Ah, yeah, after looking for him all this time, he just shows up by himself, and he's got a bunch of stuff with him, right, Drew?
0: Yeah. Got uh, some weird-looking hammers and a fucking grenade.
1: Yeah. You
0: want me to keep going? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> Um, everybody freaks out. Oh shit! He's got a grenade. He's gonna kill us all. And he's like, No, no, I'm actually here to uh, to help you guys out. Um, you guys want to get out of here? Well, here's your chance. Uh, I have uh, these handy dandy little toys made by Mew before she passed. Um, that can uh, basically disrupt all electronics including the traps that are down there at the uh, at the tunnel,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and you hit an XSL with one of these hammers, and it will disable it.
1: Right, but the, uh, the hammers, unfortunately, have a bit of a drawback. Yeah.
0: I, uh, the batteries drain really fast, so if you hit mm-hmm. an XSL with it, it drains the battery completely, and you have to charge it for 24 hours.
1: Yeah, so it, t- it takes a long time to charge. So at this point we basically make our way down to the basement once more, and honestly I, I never thought we'd challenge this thing again after being humiliated by it before. Yeah me either. <laughs> yeah, and and actually getting through it using the hammers was actually pretty cathartic. It was really because <laughs> I, I tried. I, yeah, I tried this multiple times without the hammers. The first time around, thinking that like maybe if I'm really good I can do it. Not you know not really figuring out that it was technically made to be impossible. So going there and there so, with the hammer just you smacking know that? everything. You-
2: is it technically impossible?
1: Uh, I don't think it's possible because there's a, there's a section after you get to a certain point where these uh, cages start dropping down and then there's enough cages for everybody so like even if you try to cross it it'll just come down and capture one at a time. not, not even that uh, later on, there is a, a gap that nobody could
0: jump that only shows up whenever you you know obviously swing your hammer.
1: Yeah, that I guess that's like the final thing to make sure that you don't get out, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, devious. yeah, very, very devious indeed. I'm sure there are some people that tried like ten, twenty times to get through it under uh, on, their, on their first uh, in the first chapter, and then came came away with a lot of despair. So um, yeah, we go through this place. It's fairly simple, you know, uh, and then we get to the uh, this giant door, and then. Uh, Outside this door, it's the outside world. We finally made it, guys. We can finally get get out of this place together. There was a lot of sacrifices made. We lost a lot of people. But finally, we can fulfill Kaede's wish and get out together as a group. And they open the door.
0: Mm-hmm. Who wants Thank to God. explain that? Matt, explain what we see.
2: Uh, it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day with beaches and uh, breeze.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful outside.
2: So it's basically game 2? No <laughs> It's uh, Post-apocalyptic, everything is burned up Destroyed
1: the, and, uh, the, the air is also not breathable They start suffocating Right yeah. after they open the door So they're like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here They close the door and everyone's freaking the fuck out And uh, Well, you know, luckily Kokichi shows up to explain a few things Right, Drew?
0: Oh, yeah so Kokichi says, hey, I found out what the... uh Because th- somebody... Was it before or after we got the, the flashlight? There was, there was a time where everybody saw the flashlight. And I can't remember what? if it was before this or after this. But anyway, Kokichi knew what the outside world was, obviously. And he wanted to show everybody. Mm-hmm. So that way they could never... You know, want to escape because there's no place to go,
1: yeah, it's all all this time you know they're struggling all these killing trying to get out to this you know world that they're missing out there there's no more world left, yeah pointless mm.
0: he wants them to feel so much despair because he is the mastermind behind this entire thing,
1: yeah, and his he basically says like you know what guys, I'm bored, I'll just explain it all to you. Yeah, Don't even worry about it. Let me just, let me just lay down the law. It says, well, the meteorites, uh, were a lot worse than they thought it was gonna be. And the Gopher Project wasn't there to save humanity. It was actually there to salvage the human race. Meaning that it was made to find another planet where the, you know, the, the, whatever's left of humanity can go and try to, uh, try to, uh, you know, survive by themselves. But what happened is that the students that were chosen for this Gopher project actually didn't want to go. You know, they, they didn't want to leave all their loved ones behind and just let them die while they just run away. So they decided to flee from the project and um, they went through uh, the procedure that allowed them to erase their memories of being an ultimate in the first place. Yeah. But because of this new group that we talked about, about how they felt like the human humanity should die. Uh, they were they began this thing called the ultimate hunt to find these uh, ultimates that were chosen for the Gopher Project and then kill them and end them for all. Uh, basically, killing all hope for humanity as a whole, so that humans can die along with the Earth is is their goal. But um, the group that was responsible for the Gopher Project fake the death of the ultimates that were supposed to go on this project. By Holding a funeral, saying that they were killed by the ultimate hunt, then that 's where the memory of the funeral came from. It was the fake death this, that the organization from the project uh, put out so that these ultimates can be protected and then once they brought them back, uh, you know they were able to get their memories back and then they were you know they went on their merry and the Gopher project but unfortunately, one of the students uh, that was chosen for the project. Was a remnant of despair, or some kind of a a part of the organization that wanted humanity to die, and that person vetted these people. Yeah, I know, right? It's like maybe you should do some more of a. But seriously, though, like, how the fuck can Kyo and Kokichi get through in the screening process, right? Yeah, (laughs) that that makes no sense. If you're even like a half decent, you know, you know, psychology specialist or something, but you're like, you're like, oh yeah, these guys are crazy. That will murder people the, the moment they get an opportunity But they're like no, no they, they definitely got in uh, We'll learn more about why this might have happened Later down But for now this is all we're told by Kukichi Whether he's telling the truth or not You know, But uh, he seems to know a lot And uh, Because of this He was able to have this AI controlled Monokuma On the ship when they were on their cold sleep And the Monokuma was able to bring back the, bring The ship back to Earth and just kind of just park it here while he continues this game, this needless, kind of pointless, but ultimately amusing game for himself, where the last sixteen survivors of the human race uh, were killing each other. Yep. Uh, and then they say, like, "Well, no, you you could be lying. You know, you could obviously you've been lying all this time, but all of a sudden he, he takes out this controller, and then a bunch of exos cells just pop out of nowhere." You know they're all they're all surrounding him, and everyone is like, "Oh, he's like, well, you know, I'm the mastermind, so obviously I can control the Exos I can do whatever whatever the hell I feel like." And everyone says like, "Well, no, we're gonna fight you right here now, then." But unfortunately, the the process of getting to this point drained all of the battery of the uh, the electro hammers that they had, and they had no way to fight back the X- uh, fight against Exos. Kaito kind of tries anyway, because that's just the kind of guy that he is. And then he is quickly uh, disabled and captured by him. And Kokishi definitely uh, basically says, like, you know, Kaito, a guy like him, something that doesn't think about where he goes uh, before he actually leaps is, is dangerous. So I'm just going to keep him for myself. I'm gonna, he's going to be my little hostage. You guys, uh, you guys are done. This killing game is over. This is boring me now. So you guys can do whatever you want. And he just leaves him, their own devices, and he just leaves uh, what were you guys thinking at this point? Because you guys just, you, you got a huge dump of information.
0: I, this felt like end of game stuff.
1: It really did, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep.
0: Because it, 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 like, for one thing, like, looking at it through a game standpoint, I was like, wow, this is really long. This feels like the end of the game kind of thing.
1: Yeah. If I told you that chapter five was the last chapter, you would have believed me, right? Yeah. Oh, if yeah. you guys yep. didn't know the schedule, it's like, yeah, this is the last chapter. Everything's going down right here. Uh, you know, nobody likes Kukichi. Obviously, he's always been suspicious. But at the same time, I had a feeling uh, when I was going to this part uh, the first time that no way, like that's way too obvious. Who's yes, gonna make yeah. someone so suspicious into the guy that's actually the mastermind, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Danganronpa always messing with your expectations. So I I had my I had some reasons to doubt this whole scenario. But at the same time there was so much evidence for him being the mastermind. So I didn't know what to think really.
0: Yeah. That's true. So
1: everyone everyone goes back to their own room and man, everyone is basically dead, man. Like how do you how do you do anything about a situation like that? Like everything that you've just learned. There is no outside world, them being the last persons left alive. All the people and, that died, you know, trying to escape, died for nothing for the amusement of Kokichi only. It's just everything is just very despair-inducing. Uh, um, go ahead, Matt.
2: I was just gonna say, there's there's one more part. So uh, everything that you just said, I, I like I like that they're reacting to it.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and more than that, I like that there's sort of follow-up from the last case in the way that um, Shuichi had sort of suspected kaito Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and you know people kind of took a little bit of an offense to that yeah maki maki especially maki and kaito
1: right
2: you know we, we were supposed to be best friends why why would you why would you ever consider me you know i wouldn't do that and i like that that kind of carries over too and they're kind of shunning him a little bit so i can just imagine how much worse it was for him like shit i thought i even had a couple of friends i don't have that and i don't have the world no. You is, know, I, I, I like that they carried that through from sort of the last case. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But most definitely. Because if, if you have to remember is that Shuichi never had much confidence to begin with. It was thanks to Kaito and uh, Kaede, you know, their kind words and their encouragements that he actually began to start having confidence uh, uh, by himself. So to go back to this idea where him revealing the truth is not really helping anybody, it's just making everyone feel even worse. Uh, it's really working against him in a lot of ways, and he's is in depression. there's there there's no doubt about it. I think if any person was in a situation like this and everything that they've learned and everything that they've been through, um if they decided to just commit mass suicide here and now, that's believable, right? Because what is the point? Yep. You know,
2: and it ties it ties so directly to his you know his sort of backstory of okay. not wanting to trust that you know that search for truth might not be the right thing to do always. And now, you know, he's trying to think that it it is, it has to be, it should be, but, you know, it's also still turning back on him.
1: Yeah, it's just a constant battle. But at the same time, you you can't can't look away from the truth, unfortunately. So, uh, everyone's everyone's really depressed, but uh, Maki shows up in Shuichi's doorstep uh, the next morning and says, like, I gathered everyone, I found the new flashback light, and everyone's like, uh... Why do we even try at this point? Like, what's what, what, what's Koikichi gonna show us now, right? Like, is he gonna show us something even more horrifying? So they're really questioning whether or not that she'd even use it. But at the at the end of the day, they're like, well, knowing is better than not knowing. So let's just kind of figure it out. And, I like um, how
2: that's kind of like a central theme in almost every chapter.
1: It really do is, we right? Read the truth,
2: or should we believe? You know,
1: the the idea of. Um, Lies and truth, in particular. That's what I was going to bring up. Team.
0: That, was yes. like, uh, the last series was about hope and despair. This one seems yes. like it's leaning toward lies and truth.
1: Assess, yeah, that's something that's basically personified every single case uh, from the get go. Yeah. yeah, that's and it it's carries through. through.
2: It's not always as black and white as lies are bad and truth
1: is what you is, is good.
0: That's why we mm-hmm. typically lie in every class trial.
1: That's true. That's why we we're able to, you know, uh, commit the perjury. Uh, ultimately, we do it for good, uh, good reasons, right? To come to the right conclusion, but lying all the same. And if we were, if if uh, common conventions are to be believed, lying is something to be frowned upon. So, uh, then you, you got to consider what that means. And these and, are high
2: stakes lies. So, while uh, one person they oh, yeah. think that they're, you know, may think that it's the right thing and it's worth the lie, you know, may not turn out that way. Yeah,
1: this is literal lives at stake, right? So it's a uh, it's high stakes game. So they they look at the, they use the flashback light, and then another big revelation happens. Drew, hit me up, man. What happened here?
0: So this game is connected to
1: the previous uh, games. You guys, you guys did both say yes. Oh, actually, yeah. actually, no. Um, uh was it yeah. uh, Matt said no? It's not connected. No,
2: no, I said yes.
1: Yeah, no. You, I mean, Matt said yes. Drew said no. Yeah, I ch-
0: I, ch- I changed my name, my idea from last week. Okay, I originally okay. I originally well, said it was, but then I was like, it can't, and then so I I, I changed it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just currently, uh, upon to the last episode, Matt was yes, and you've stuck by that from the very beginning, Matt. By the way, uh, Drew changed his answer to no. So yes, connected, but in what way, Drew? Tell me. Uh,
0: Everyone in this Killing Game was part of Hope's Peak Academy. Yeah, and
1: um, not only that, it was a reformed Hope's Peak Academy made by the one and only uh, main character himself, Makoto Nagi, right? Mm -hmm.
0: So I'm guessing this is after the victory of Danganronpa 3, Hope's Peak End?
1: Yeah, the the anime. Mm -hmm. And they wanted
0: to uh, reestablish some ultimates... And they started Hopespeak Academy back up. And I'm guessing this was the first class to start at the new Hopespeak Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all um, chosen for the Gopher Project. But
1: why were they chosen?
0: Remind me, because I can't
1: remember. <laughs> so the meteorites, other than the obvious devastating damage they did you know, to right. the Earth itself, mm-hmm. it actually carried, carried uh, with it an unknown virus. Yeah. Uh, an no, alien virus, you might um, say. I, I think you can definitely say that as an alien virus, Matt. I think you're right. That is accurate. Snaps. Who, who, is alien who would be so crazy to say anything to do with meteorites and aliens are connected? But I, I, I think I vaguely remember someone making that connection last week. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it must be some kind of a genius, right, Matt? Right? It must be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah this uh, this virus Is actually the thing that devastated Humanity even more than the actual Damage from the meteorites themselves And it was basically uh, uh, Like a Genocide kind of effect Where people were just getting killed left and right And outside of uh, you know The Hope Speak Academy as people were dying They found out that the 16 Students in the academy Were immune to the virus Yeah and that's why they were chosen. It's not. It's not because they're the best and the brightest. No, not not by any means. Because if you think about it, I think that's like, obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very obvious. Compared to like the other ultimates from the other games, these ultimates in particular aren't aren't as, I guess, extraordinary. Like if we look at guys like, um, let's say, um, mm, I guess like Kyo, or you know, like uh, someone like the tennis pro Ryoma, right? They're not like super exceptional. E- even Ryoma was, you know, in, in prison before, before he-, he got, was chosen for this project. So these were not the best and the brightest. They were chosen because of their immunity. That was, that's what was most important. That's why Kokichi and Kiyo and those guys got through the screening process because there wasn't much of a screening process. If you're immune and there are not that many people that were immune, you were chosen. And that's basically it. Yep. And that was the only clar- uh, clarification that was needed. And uh, due to regaining this memory of Hope's Peak Academy and learning about Junko, the remnant of despair and every, all the other damage, they, they remember that they're carrying the hopes of, of, of all of humanity uh, on their shoulders. And they have this renewed vigor about what they need to do. And um, they, they basically said, like, you know what, we're not going to just lay, lay down and die. We're going we're gonna to fight. And the first thing they're going to do is they're going to try to get Kaito out of there, uh, rescue him from uh, Kokichi in some way. You're, yeah, you need you, uh, you to continue or do you, you, you uh, know no, what's I, going on next? Well, I mean,
0: they, uh, they gotta prepare first, and the first thing they gotta do, they gotta charge their, um, hammers. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna take 24 hours. And, and during that time, there's some things that happen, right? Well, yeah, um, multiple things happen, but, uh, what we see is Suichi going to, uh, the area to prepare himself exactly what is going to be happening where where they're going to be at and stuff like that so they've got uh they've got him in the um in the hangar uh basically uh locked up in there
1: but not not only in the hangar but apparently like in the bathroom in the of bathroom the hangar, of the hangar yeah.
0: um as we're going there we go through the um i guess uh, what was what, what, what it called it's like a
1: I call it the cyber courtyard. Cyber sure.
0: courtyard. I can't remember what. Yeah. Um, while we're going that way, we noticed the Exocels uh, are um, basically Actin-
2: circling. What now? So it's acting a bit funny.
0: Yeah, they're circling around Monokuma in this area. Uh, we looks like they're they're protecting him, mm-hmm. keeping us from getting to him. Uh, we sneak past them and we find uh the the barrier is there um there's a a light barrier that we can't pass through also there is a sensor that makes an alarm go off if we get close to it so suichi then explores a little bit more and finds a um a window that actually leads to the bathroom of the hangar it's not big enough to go through but it is big enough to see, see inside and also pass things through if need be. And uh, he sees... Um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. What the fuck's his name? Kaito. Excuse me. Yeah. Kaito. Wow. Uh, he sees Kaito, and they have a dialogue. Um, finally,
2: because they're finally talking again. They're finally talking again. Yeah. Made like, up a little bit. And he's like, hey,
0: we're going to get you out of here. And he's like, yeah, I know, and you know, I, I believe in you, as Kato always says. And he says, I also believe in myself. He says, we're going to stop this. We're going to end this. Just for, just always remember you're never alone. You've always got somebody there with you.
2: Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here while you guys do the work.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we go back to our room and get ready for the next morning when we're going to go do our our rescue mission.
1: Right, and at this point um, we gather up in the dining hall as we usually do and we basically charge towards uh, the hangar well, well thankfully Maki was able to take one of um, uh, Kokichi's uh, kind of I guess like they're like a EMP grenade in some ways right or yeah shaft grenades remember those from Metal Gear salad mm-hmm yeah <laughs> those things were awesome by the way. They're so are so useful uh, but so she basically used that to sh- shut off the sensor on the wall and Look. then uh, Oh, you are saying something, Matt?
2: Yeah, I was just saying. There's one other comment, though, is that she doesn't have her hammer. and She takes a knife instead because yeah, she's yeah. More, more comfortable with it, mm-hmm. with a uh, with weapon she's familiar with.
1: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, she's the ultimate assassin. It's like a big, bulky hammer. Would it not be something that she would be able to wield very easily?
2: Yeah, she's not not very alive.
1: mm mm-hmm. Um So they go, and then uh, they open the door, and they see something very unexpected.
0: Something very bloody. Yeah, very bloody indeed. Uh, there is obviously a murder that is taking place here. Uh, the uh, hydraulic press is completely pressed down, and there is blood coming from the hydraulic press, almost like there was a body there that had been slammed down.
1: Yeah, like an orange that's been juiced. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I can't imagine. I, I know how much force like psi those things can put out and the idea of a body being under there is terrifying you would you would it would not even be like a millimeter left space between the one panel to the next it'd be insane um uh, but another thing that they notice is that not only is there a lot of blood everywhere there's also kaito's um kind of hallmark coat hanging out yeah. from right underneath and at this point everyone is horrified and the the body this discovery uh, announcement uh, rings again. Yep. Uh, and yeah, we go straight into the trial at this point. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that we investigate. We'll uh, double back on those as we do the investigation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the most interesting thing I thought about this particular case is that you start this case not being sure who the victim is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, because not only are they unable to lift. The hydraulic press because it's been uh, damaged and uh, irreparably so they they found themselves in a position where they're not sure who it is, but it's most likely kaito because his shirt was there but they don't have all the evidence to say it and because of and this yes, fact the other person's not around exactly uh, the other person you know that would have been the killer in this case Kokichi was nowhere to be found during the investigation at all even though we look for him everywhere so Monokuma. Uh, taking this uh, as an advantage And says well let's take this unique Circumstance and start The case with the victim being anonymous And the person who is alive Will show themselves when they are Needed later after you guys figure Out who the victim and the culprits are uh, And at This point everyone's like well Yeah obviously Kokichi is a killer Right because you know Kokichi is an Asshole and we found Kaito's uh, Kaito's jacket underneath the uh, The thing but at the same time, we found the, some interesting bits of evidence that also points that it might it could also be Kokichi as well being the victim, because we found his clothes like his his shirt and stuff like that and his jacket shoved down uh, the toilet like someone was trying to flush it down but it got clogged up, and the clothes showed blood marks and also like holes as if they were punctured in some way, so it could also be that Kokichi uh, was the one that was killed. In the uh, in the thing, and uh, you know we kind of get into an argument. Maki's Maki says like, "Well, you know, like his jacket was the one there, but if you actually remember the way uh, Kaito wore his jacket, and it was a very peculiar way that he wore his jacket. Is that he would always have his right arm inside of the jacket sleeve and his left arm off? No, no, yeah, like a cape. He, actually, was it the other way around? He had his left arm in and the right arm out. Is that is that I how was,
2: that goes? Uh, Hokey pokey."
1: Yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So <laughs> if he was crushed wearing his clothes Like normal his arm Should have been inside that sleeve And his, like his hand should have fallen out But it's not there So that raises even more question. And uh, we noticed That Maki is kind of insistent On this right she's very She's kind of saying like well it's obvious why are you getting In my way and she seems In a hurry to kind of name the victim For whatever reason and uh, as we're as we're delegating this process, we we say we need to we need to see the suspect, like the the culprit, whoever's alive, needs to come out and speak for themselves for this class trial to continue. And all of a sudden, a huge Exorcist shows up, you know, and then he just shows up and he's, he's it's Kaito inside the Exorcist and says, "Oh, sorry, Tora, to keep you guys waiting." And all of a sudden, he says, "Yeah, sikes, it's actually me, Kokichi. <laughs> and I like I like him jumping back and forth between where the uh, the little portraits are, depending yeah, on he's what done. voice is doing. Yeah. 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 And then Kukichi says like, "Well, I'm not gonna show up in person because have you seen Maki? She's gonna fucking kill me if she has an opportunity to do it, and she totally would too. There's no, there's like no doubt about it. She really had a, a connection with Kaito, and she." Uh, takes big offense to the fact that Kokichi may have been the one to kill him and he says like well you know this this is a class trial it's all good and all good and whatever but I brought some footage for you guys to enjoy uh it's it's a footage right before kaito was crushed uh, from uh, from the hydraulic press and you on the video footage you see kaito kind of laying down on the hydraulic press and then coming down on him and stopping for uh, like a brief moment and then just crushing him. Entirely, so now we have the proof because he told he says uh, to Monokuma Well, you can verify that there was no way for me to have doctor this videotape at all. There's no uh, traces of this video being on a computer somewhere, or for me to doctor it. This uh, video camera only has a play, record, and pause button. So yeah, you know this is definitive, right, guys? But yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Like, why did Kokichi just give definitive proof? that he's the culprit. That that doesn't make any sense. But it's like, yeah, don't even worry about it. Let's just vote, man. Like, who cares? Huh. But Shuichi's not a dumbass. He's been through the ringer at this point several times and he so says like, No, this is fucking crazy. You're up to something, Kokichi. Okay? So, um Yeah, it, it does it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And then Kokichi says like, Yeah, you're right. I'm actually not the culprit. I'm just messing with you guys. Like, what were you guys thinking at this point? Like, what what's going on? Because the, the back and forth is like insanity here.
2: Yeah, I had one thought that there's nobody inside it and it's just being remote controlled. Yes,
1: that is also a very distinct possibility as well. Yeah. Because Kokichi himself has shown that they could be remote controlled, right? So uh, that's certainly a possibility with someone's like, voice box or something like that in there. And the fact yeah, yeah. that uh, Kokichi and both Kaito and Kokichi's voice came out of that, uh, XSL, also makes it. Plausible. What were you thinking at this point, uh, Drew?
0: I was thinking kind of the same thing. That, yeah. um, but I, honestly, I was thinking
1: they're both dead. You're you're thinking they're both dead. Okay. Yeah. Look, okay, I could definitely see that, but at the same time, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. That footage doesn't make any sense because there's a safety functionality built into the hydraulic press that makes it so that it does an infrared skin a scan, and anything that is alive inside the press will make the hydraulic press stop before it comes to, uh, you know, it completely crushes them. So that must mean that Kaito was already killed and dead before he was placed uh, placed on the uh, placed in the press. And an evidence that actually points to this idea is that there is this white pattern of blood stains leading from the, uh, the restroom all the way to the, the press. And that basically kind of symbolizes that a body was dragged. And there's also some blood stains inside the bathroom as well, along with uh, a, a hole on the on the coat on the on the inside the on the arm of the coat that uh, the Kaito was wearing as well. So they say like, well, then what was what uh, what killed Kaito then? So they look at the hole and say like, well, it must have been a crossbow bolt. And at this point, Himiko freaks out. Himiko's like, no 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 there there's no crossbow you you guys are you guys are crazy, you know <laughs> you don't don't even worry about it it's it's kokichi, yeah, and then at this point, you have to question himiko' cause, uh if the crossbow was used to kill kaito, that would mean that he could have been shot when he was actually inside of the bathroom locked up because the crossbow could have been shot through the small window. And he would it would have been basically shooting fish in in a barrel, right? Because he wouldn't be able to you know hide or anything like that. And you, all you would have to do is just shoot him. So that opens up the idea that there, maybe there are other suspects in this case. So we kind of confront about uh, confront Himiko about the crossbow, and Kibo says like, yeah. Now that I think about it, I saw Himiko go to the hangar uh, at nighttime holding a bag. And we know that these crossbows, these uh, you know, these crossbows that you can assemble, were all inside these large black bags. So at this point, Himiko is kind of like feigning, you know, ignorance and all that stuff. And then she finally begs to to Maki and says, like, "Well, well, you know that I can't, I don't know how to assemble a crossbow, so I can't be the perpetrator." And Maki is like, "Yeah." She kind of begrudgingly accepts that idea because she doesn't, she doesn't want like Himiko to be uh kind of a uh, finger that's perpetrated for, for no good reason. So it wasn't her. But she did bring the uh, the crossbow for Kaito, because Kaito actually asked her to do that. So at this point, we think to ourselves, then Kokichi must have taken the Kaito from... uh, I mean, yeah, from Kaito, and then he must have killed them with it. But, um, yeah, that doesn't... I don't know, that seems to be a little bit weird at this point, um, because, all of a sudden, the XSL changed his voice again, and then now it's back to being Kaito, and Kaito said, like, sorry guys, you know, I had I had my reasons, you know, but I had to lie to you guys, I had to make it sound like I was Kokichi the whole time, uh, you know, I, I was actually injured, I actually needed XSL to move around with, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's actually me, I'm not, I'm not dead. Shuichi, go ahead and prove that I'm not dead. And um, after examining the evidence, we were like, that doesn't make any sense. No, no, the, the evidence still points to Kaito being the person that's dead. And Shuichi basically calls him out and says, you're, you're actually not Kaito at all. And then, boom, he switches back to being, being Kokichi again, you know, being his usual mischievous self. And everyone wants to continue with the whole voting time, but there's still plenty of mysteries to be solved. Because Hinako actually brought up the idea that she only brought one single arrow to Kaito to use, because Kaito specifically only wanted one arrow because he would he wanted to use the the weapon as a threat, you know, not so much as a, as a thing that he was going to try to kill him with. So he didn't want to bring a bunch of different arrows along to uh, complicate uh, things even further. But at the at the hangar we've actually found three different crossbow bolts. So that and, would and three holes. And and what? And three holes. Three holes. And three yeah, three holes, exactly, on on the coats on the different coats that is. Um so they were all fired, they were all used, but if Himiko only brought one, then someone else must have brought the other two. And at this point we have to figure it out. Like Kogichi wouldn't have brought the bolts because he didn't even have a crossbow. He didn't even know how to assemble one. But there is actually someone who does know how to assemble a crossbow And um, that is Shuichi and Maki And you being Shuichi, and then you're like, well, I, I wasn't there So that points the finger to Maki And once we tried to figure it out, like, well, then How did Maki get inside the hangar in the first place To use these crossbow bolts? It turns out that there was this used-up electro hammer Outside of the outside of where the hangar is, around the uh, the courtyard of the where the access cells were kind of rotating around the uh, and one of the access cells that was there, stationed there was missing, and there was a used-up electrohammer. And the way you can get into the ha- hangar was that if an access cell was ready to come back in for maintenance or whatever, the, the hangar door would automatically open, sensing that the access cell is there. So Maki used electro electrohammer. To get inside the, the the hangar And use a crossbow ball To shoot uh, Kokichi Or maybe shoot Kaito it, it, they're, they're not even sure yet they don't, they don't know what's happening Because they can't figure it out Because Maki kind of refuses to talk about it Right So at this point We kind of basically Figure out like but It doesn't make any sense Why would she want to kill Kaito But Kaito also has uh, has wounds as well You know like because if she was the person that went in there and shot the other two bolts, then there is something that's weird going on so they kind of beg maki you know she they kind of understand that it was kind of maki's plan to finger the wrong person uh to get uh, get the revenge on Kokichi by naming the wrong blackened, she would be able to kill Kokichi with with the sacrifice of everyone else but she was basically enraged uh, and she was she was uh, she would stop at nothing in order to kill who she believed uh, was the mastermind So we we get the we get the we get this information straight from Maki's mouth and she says okay, this is what happened. I yes, I did all those things. I got the exercise I went in and when I went inside the hangar I saw that um, You know, let's uh, Kaito and Kokichi were fighting and Kaito had shot Kokichi in the arm with his crossbow bolt. So when she came out and uh, Kokichi wanted to try to control the Ekasol that she wasn't using his controller, she shot him right in the back using the crossbow. And uh, she did, uh, she coated these, uh, these crossbow bolts in poison uh, with, this, uh, with this very kind of like a slow acting poison so that she would have time to interrogate him. So that she would basically get all the information and all the mysteries that they didn't, you know, that they, they wasn't solved. So she got out of the Excel after shooting Kokichi. And Kokichi, obviously being injured and under the effect of the, uh, the drug, uh, well, the, the poison at this point, being quite weak, was at Maki's mercy. But Kokichi, being his usual self, he played dumb at basically everything that uh, Maki was asking. Maki was asking, like, about the remnants of despair, his role with the other despairs and what their plans were. But he didn't, he said, he just kind of said like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Maki said, enough is enough. This is, this is where you die. This is where I end the game. And she takes the shot right at Kokichi's face. But unfortunately, Kaito jumps in and he takes the bolt, uh, in place of, uh, in place of Kokichi. And being that this bolt was also coated in the same poison that, uh, that Kokichi was, uh, you know, uh, Kokichi was hit with Maki panic. Cause she didn't bring an antidote with her at all. Her, her goal was to kill. You know, her goal wasn't to save lives or anything like that. So she didn't think that she would ever need the antidote. So she basically ran back to the detective lab where she got the actual poison from. She acquired the antidote and she got back. But uh, by that time, the hangar you know, the access was inside and she could no longer get inside the hangar at this point. So she grabbed the antidote and she uh, used a small window to give it to Kaito. But unfortunately, Kaito being in his weakened state, uh, you know, uh, coughing up blood and being, you know, getting hit with the crossbow and everything. Kukishi just basically comes and steals away the antidote away from uh, Kaito and drinks it right in front of her. It's just like ah, thanks for that, you know, Maki. You know, thanks, thanks goodness you brought this for me. You know, that was really nice of you, being being really smug about it. And um, yeah, at, at this point, we think that Maki is uh, the person that killed Kaito, because she, she used the crossbow bolt. She had the he, she had the poison. She shot him, and uh, that's basically what killed him. Because if the hydraulic press wasn't the result of his his death then it must have been the poison that was coursing through his veins.
2: Yeah, horrible accident.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately she wanted to to save Kaito, but she ended up going there and uh, kind of shooting him because Kaito didn't want Maki to become uh, a murderer because, like, Kaito really believed that Maki never really wants to hurt people, that she wants to be, like, a normal human being it's all this training and the situation that she was in that forced her to become this way, so she, he wanted obviously to prevent at all cost of her being a murderer and obviously he also didn't know that the, the crossbow was, you know, poison you know, so there was a lot of things misunderstandings and information that wasn't really getting across between the two that seemed to have caused this huge accident uh, and at this point we say oh man, that is that is really shitty you know, Maki Maki's the killer, that means we got a bull for Maki, right? Rachel? Right,
0: well, not necessarily. Mm. How's that? Well, something's been bugging uh, Suichi. Mm. And he couldn't ever put his finger on it. But um, it has to do with uh, the possibility that something's up
1: with the camera, right? Well, well, that too, but also uh, Maki, you know, in her desperation to try to get back inside to, um, you know, help Kaito, because after the hangar was locked, she tried to break the console using her knife,
0: right? right? And she was telling the truth the entire time about all yeah. this.
1: But unfortunately, the console where the alarm is at, there's a sensor... And the alarm would have gone off if that was true. And the scratches and the damage on the console will prove that she was telling the truth. Yeah. But it it didn't for some reason.
0: Yeah. So why was the uh, alarm and the sensor not going off? Um, The only thing they can think of is that uh, there had to have been some type of interference. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that can make that kind of interference is the uh, EMP grenade.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So somebody inside had to
1: have used an EMP grenade, but
0: for what reason? Mixed
1: but up. I mean that that's that's weird because I mean that would put Kokichi at a disadvantage, right? That would shut off his XSL remote control. So that's, that's why would he do that? No. It doesn't make sense. There's
2: but no he way. was the only one, the only other one that had any left. That's not true.
0: So, there has to be some underlying reason why they used a grenade um, inside the the hangar itself, because it makes no sense. And uh, we start to think, well, what else could have been disabled? Well, the sensor on the hydraulic press could be disabled. Mm. Why would you want to do that, though? Which then we go back to the camera. Something's so up. it
2: so it disables the sensor but not the press and it doesn't disable Kibo but Kibo also doesn't show up as alive right yeah
1: yeah well so, the Kibo, Kibo can be um explained that he has EMP shielding because he is the ultimate robot obviously the dot of these things right because EMP interference is more common than you think in the real world so you would you would take precautions against that Um, but the, the hydraulic press working, I don't know about the analog nature of hydraulic presses or how much electronics is required to Mm -hmm. use one, but, um, that's basically the, the premise, I suppose, um, you know, it it only, the sensor obviously being the most high tech of the things in that, inside of that room would make sense uh, that it gets
0: disabled. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. So because the sensor has been disabled on the hydraulic press, it would no longer have to, um, ...detect a human... ...a person alive... ...so it would work anyway. Which then opens up the possibility that... ...maybe Kaito... ...wasn't dead... ...when the hydraulic press... ...went down
1: on him. Right, but it also opens up... ...possibly maybe too many possibilities... ...because... ...there's no evidence... ...what actually killed... ...whoever was the victim, right? Was it it the poison... That killed them, Were they dead already while they're under the the poison as well. I'm mean, under the, under the press, and then they basically ask Monokuma. It's like, yeah, but you know, right, Monokuma, you know the answer to this question. You know, you know what was the thing that that, that definitively killed, uh, definitely killed whoever was inside the uh, the press. And at this point, Monokuma kind of panics.
0: Yeah, he claims He up.
1: doesn't know. He doesn't know because the the EMP grenade, the electro bombs. Another effect that they had is that. Whatever method Monokuma was using to using using as a surveillance camera was also deactivated inside the hangar during the situation, so what it is is this is a crime that not even Monokuma knows the answer to, which is actually the first of its kind, right? I think so, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so almost like an unsolvable crime, but uh, we do have some leads, just like what uh, Drew was saying. We have to think about the uh, the video clip because if it, when uh, when Shuichi was thinking back on when they were testing out the hydraulic press with Kibo, when he held the button down, it didn't stop right at, right at the end, right before it came down completely. It came down very smoothly without stopping and just kind of ended. But on the video clip, it goes down most of the way, pauses for you know a quarter of a second, and then goes all the way down, uh, you know, resulting in a bloody mess. Yeah. So he says, that is weird. But at the same time, the you know, Kokichi says, uh, like, well, I told you, this video has not been doctored in any way. But there might have been a way in order to um, get this kind of footage without using some kind of post, uh, post information to kind of mess with the footage itself. And he says, what if, right? What if there is an accomplice, right? So basically, what if there is someone else that is working with the person in order to kind of make the footage not what it looks? Because what he could have done is that he could have pressed the force stop button along with the pause button on the recording device. And then he could have switched with whoever and then put another body in there and then basically, you know, uh, press the button again to record. And then it would have looked exactly the way it did there. So they look at the possibility of like maybe they could have taken one of the dead bodies from like a morgue or something like that. But Monokuma verifies that all the bodies have been disposed of and they're inac- inaccessible. So that would mean that there is only two bodies, two people they were able to be uh, uh, you know used in this particular case. And that was Kokichi and Kaito, right? And you have to think to yourself... If the if the footage showed Kaito being crushed, but it was obviously used in specifically w- in a specific way where it could have been uh, kind of like manipulated so that another person could have been in there, then why would they do that? Right? That that doesn't make any sense. You have to figure out why a why would Kaito work with Kukichi first of all, and secondly, why would Kukichi want to die himself? Right? So none of this makes sense. Like, what what were you guys thinking at this point? I
0: honestly, I'm, I I don't really know. I was thinking, I was like, this is confusing as shit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Right. Why? Yeah, I was thinking, why are they working together? And I was like, obviously, somebody has a trick up their sleeve. Um, which was when I started thinking, I don't think Kokichi was a bad guy.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, I was not, not as like, oh, he was a horrible fucking person, but <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think he was the villain of this.
2: Not the mastermind. Yeah. Oh, well, not, okay. I, w- I
0: wasn't thinking he was not the mastermind. Well, yeah, I was thinking that myself because we had already established that, uh, Monokuma doesn't know who the killer is. So if Kokichi is alive, he knows who the killer is. So obviously these two people aren't the same.
1: Right. There's some deductions to be made there for sure. But uh, we have to think about that motive. And one of the reasons that's possible and why they will work together is that what if Kokichi faked his drinking of the antidote and he decided to give it to Kaito under the circumstance that he would work with him, right? That 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 makes sense, to some degree. I mean, this uh this guy he's gonna give you uh another another chance to live. He's gonna give you the antidote, and you can try to figure it out. And he basically uh, maybe kind of blackmailed Kaito into kind of um, uh working with him.
0: Yeah, because you know he'll give him the antidote. And says, okay, now that you're saved, if mm-hmm. I die, you know, if I die from this poison, then. Your good friend is going to be the blackened.
1: Yeah, Maki would become the blackened, and that's exactly what Kaito would definitely not have, right? Yeah. So it kind of, it ended up being the motive, but at the same time, we don't have like the most definitive of uh, like evidence. This is all deduction based on what we know and what we understand based on the nature of these people. So even at the end, uh, basically they say like, ah, like, oh man, like, you guys are, you know, you guys are just kind of pulling things out of your ass. You guys have no evidence. And Monokuma doesn't know either because he wasn't there. He, he doesn't have any footage to refer to. So, yeah, you guys don't know the answer. Monokuma doesn't either. So this game, this whole game is a farce. Because think about it this way, right? What does it mean for Monokuma to not know the answer? It would be like a professor giving a pop quiz. And then when it came time to grade the quiz, he himself didn't know the answer. That would render that quiz completely irrelevant, right? It would it would have no meaning. It would it would have so basically that's what that's what the perpetrator of this case was trying to do: make the killing games into something that was impossible to solve uh, because Monokuma didn't know the answer. Basically, uh, the killing game becomes moot. You
2: yeah, basically trying to find a basically trying to find a loophole where. You can short circuit the game. Like, well, you know, you you no longer have the authority to run this game, essentially.
1: Yeah. And because of all the evidence that's kind of pointing to, why is Monokuma sticking around to the rules so much? Like, it's like a stickler for the rules, right? It's not trying to break them at all because it has to be fair for the trial. It has to be fair for this and that. It makes it sound like someone is watching. And because of that, he is forced to follow the rules. So you can't just make things up on the fly. And, um that just, won't, that just won't work for whatever he's going out for. So, Shuichi understands this at this point, right? He has come to the deduction that it is certainly Kaito that is inside the, uh, inside the XSL, pretending to be Kokichi. But he's, he thinks that it, it might be best to play along with, uh, Kaito's lie in order to also fool, uh, fool Monokuma. And he lies and says like, "Oh, actually, guys, like you know, I actually saw Kokichi. Uh, after what well, during the investigation, like he threatened all our lives, saying that if I didn't go along with uh, what he was what he was talking about, like he would uh he would kill all of us." And uh, at this point, Monokuma says like, "No, I don't buy that. I don't I don't I don't buy that at all, right?" <laughs> And uh, the other people are like, "Well, if Shuichi says it's true, then it, it must be true." But by the time comes uh, voting time, Kaito actually comes out of the XSL himself and says, "Like, no, guys, this is if you guys if you guys get it get it wrong and Monokuma gets it right, and then he verifies that it is actually me inside the Exorcist, then this would all have been for nothing, and you guys would just die needlessly." So he just kind of comes out and says, "Like, it's the gig is up, guys. Sorry, you know, I tried." And it turns out that Kokichi had actually planned this out uh, to the degree where he actually had a script planned uh because kaito he's a good guy but he's not the smartest of guys right and the way the way he was acting he acted exactly like how Kokichi would act his mannerisms were very similar to him so it turns out that he actually had written like a script of some sort uh pretty pretty thick basing on scenarios and such and uh Actually, if you pay attention to the class trial, there's a lot of points where he says nothing after being asked the question. Yeah, <laughs> and that that is to be interpreted to the point where he doesn't actually have an answer to that question in his little script. Yeah, that's why he he's like inside. shuffling around trying to find. Yeah, he's an like shuffling around looking for the answer, but he can't find it. I thought that was actually a pretty funny touch because you have to think about it because it is curious that he would remain silent when he was being asked certain things. But it actually all makes sense whether it is Kaito just frantically looking for answers inside the XSL the whole time.
0: There's also a couple of hints too because well, during the trial they mentioned Hope Speak Academy and stuff like that. And Kaito who's inside the exocell, he's like, what are you
1: talking about?
0: Yeah, because what, he did what are get, remnants
1: of experience yeah he know. didn't get hit with the flashlight so he doesn't know anything about this yeah and the true mastermind obviously would right yeah. um, so he doesn't know a lot of these things so so the hint definitely was there and kaito says like yeah this is it guys like uh, we tried I tried to follow kokichi's uh, plan like I didn't want Maki to become the killer so it had to it had to it had to go down like this we tried to find a way in order to trap the the mastermind trap Manokuma, into breaking this game, you know, to making it into an unsolvable crime that he doesn't even know the answer to, but unfortunately, there were still enough clues uh, to kind of uh, end up in this point where it seemed more than likely like beyond the shadow of a doubt kind of deal. And because of that, their plan failed. and uh, that that kinda that kind of sucks because that's we learned obviously, uh, that Kukichi was um, feeling trapped in a lot of ways. Yes, he was—he was a liar. Yes, he did a lot of bad things. But at the end of the day, he was never happy about being trapped in this killing game himself, being toyed uh, like you know for people's entertainment. He, he didn't take kindly to that at all. So he kind of comes clean and says like, no, I never enjoyed this stuff at all. I've been lying to you guys and myself so that I can survive, so I can deal with all this stuff. Do you, do you guys believe him? His final, final few dying words?
0: Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. But okay. it feels... I, I, I don't want to play off like, oh, I don't want to believe that he was a good guy in the end. Mm-hmm. Because he definitely wasn't. Sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I think this was the revelation that Kaito, or no, not Kaito, uh, Koichi wasn't actually a bad guy.
1: Yeah, he was never out to, like, just, like, murder people. His ultimate goal, I believe, personally, was to end the killing games. Yeah. Him sacrificing his own life at the very end of it in order to do it. Because he could have drank that antidote, right? He could have let Maki be the blackened, and he would have gotten away with it. Shuichi, uh, all the evidence and stuff like that. Basically, the case would have ended, the class trial would have ended like a fourth way through. If the revelation was that, yeah, Maki got into the uh, the, the hangar, she shot, she, uh, she shot Kaito, and then Kaito died. It was an accident. Uh, and then she would have been blackened, Cookie, she would have survived, and then he would have lived. But no, he decided to use this opportunity to commit this crime, to end the killing games once and for all. And I think given his sacrifice, whether it was just his simple drive to win or um, to end the game once and for all, I think that was something good that he wanted to do, right? What do you feel about this, Matt?
2: Yeah, I mean, I... I'm I'm usually real quick to not believe anything he says, but uh, yeah, I, I bought it. I thought that that was, you know, his the end of his arc. You know, he was a good guy in the end, but I I also thought it was too little, too late. I didn't really care.
1: Yeah, I still, yeah, I, I can hear you. Like we spent like 30 hours with Kukichi where he's just being an asshole to everybody. It's just making everything more difficult. But at the same time, um, if you go back and if you actually go through a lot of the things that he does, in the moment-to-moment, he is the bad guy. He is always the person saying the things, doing the things that uh, people don't like. But ultimately, his goals and what his actions lead to make sense in a way where it would have been better for the group as a whole. Yeah, and
2: especially especially because they... they Make a point to say that this wasn't just like a thing he decided at the end. Like with that book of scripts, basically he was coming up with all these different ways that he might die. And, you know, all these different scenarios he was like writing down apparently like throughout the entire duration of their stay there.
1: And if you remember the whole big revelation at the beginning of the chapter five, why did he take on the mantle of the mastermind? Why did he take control of the exercise? Why did he uh, why did he show the outside world to everyone? It was to end the fi- end, end the games because if they had no motivation to go outside, why would they continue to kill each other, right? That would be yep. the very end of the Killing Games themselves. And once they understood that, he felt like the Killing Games would end right then and there. And from there, he could try to figure out a way to either survive or find another reason to live. But in his own way, he did try to ki- stop the Killing Games more successfully than anyone else possibly could have. Um, you know, through through the taking the mantle of the mastermind, or through this particular case, because uh, this case reminded me of what uh, Nagito did in *Danganronpa* two, where he 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 perpetrated a crime where you could not figure out who the uh, the culprit is yeah. using those uh, those grenades. But for his for his ends, it was for something a bit nefarious. But for Kaito, it was I mean, not Kaito, for Kokichi, it was something like ending the game itself, and then kind of being. Putting a putting a finish to the mastermind itself.
0: Yeah, it feels like the same story arc of um, God the 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 prodigy. What was his name? Which one? Byakuya? Bakia. Yeah. Really. He he he. he Bakia was an asshole who wanted to alter class trials because it made stuff interesting, but. I never got the nefarious feel out of him like I did with Kokichi. Kokichi just seemed like a fucking villain while yeah. Byakya wanted to play a villain, but he wasn't mm. um, while Kokichi was a villain.
1: Okay. I, I can definitely see that. But um, I think his character and his, his actions that he takes up, uh, uh it was uh, a was uh, special note especially during my second uh, second kind of run through because knowing everything about him and knowing how he you know dies at the end and what he says you know his these dying words uh, as he kind of like spoke while he was crying uh kind of hit home with a lot of the things that he was doing so it really made me look at his character differently i think up to like chapter 4 and obviously even at like the beginning of chapter 5 uh everyone like really hated kokichi right maybe you still do but I I feel like I understand him better now. Um, and I like him more as a character and what he was able to do in this particular uh, scenario than uh, I initially thought. He's certainly one of the more interesting characters uh, from this game, in my so, point of
0: view. Can you imagine, though, mm. sitting there on a fucking press and it's slowly coming down your ass?
1: Yeah, Yo, while well, you're still live and awake. Oh, and
2: while Kokichi is... I'm thinking when Kaito's in there, and uh, Kokichi's at the controls, you know, <laughs> just wondering everything you've been through, is he actually going to stop it like we said we- he was going to?
1: yeah, that is that is very true. Um, if I were kaito I'd be, I'd be pissing my pants too, but Kokichi you know came through with exactly what he was going to uh, did exactly what he was going to say, and uh, yeah man, I didn't even think about that drew that's a good point. Just imagine that. It's not even the fast thing either. It's not like instantaneous. It's like this slow prodding thing. And just the moment of the impact as it starts like squeezing down on you, it's just horrifying. Yeah, you're still I alive for that split it. second. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's terrifying, dude. I didn't even think about that. Just like giving your life as a sacrifice is one thing, but giving your life in a sacrifice in that horrifying manner
0: is, a, is yeah. another thing. It's a whole other game. God.
1: Yeah. Yeah, props, props Kokichi man, he had a plan. It didn't it didn't work the way he wanted it to, but uh he certainly carried it out. And uh I think it was a valiant effect. He got he got closer than anyone else.
2: One c- one can hope maybe he was numb at that point from the poison.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe that would be the saving grace. Uh but you know, we look at Kai- I mean, Kokichi as a character and he is kind of the personification of what this game is all about, isn't he? The, the division between truth and lies. What good is truth if it led to Kaito being fingered the, the blackened and and Monokuma, of being able to continue the killing games. What what good is that? You know what is what's so good about that? If if they were unable to figure it out, if were if they were unable to come to a deduction of uh you know a fair certainty, then Monokuma Monokuma would not have been able to figure it out either, right? So. Because of Shuichi's kind of obsession with truth, you know, in a lot of ways, it worked in Monokuma's favor. And even though Shuichi tried to backpedal a little bit at the end of the case by trying to lie, you know, was talking about how Kokichi, um, Kokichi was, you know, seen the damage had already been done. So this person, this this, per- this this villain that we've always said like, oh yeah, he's not good for anything, was the hero in a lot of ways, trying to end the killing games once and for all, by sacrificing his own life, while the character that we're playing as, the person who ultimately reached the truth, became the villain by revealing the truth and allowing Monokuma to kill Kaito and basically say that, like, oh yeah, this is this is how it happened. So, do you, do you guys, do you guys start to see, like, a lot of the, the connections between the themes and the characters and stuff like that? There's some really, really crazy things going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it is reinforced throughout the whole game, too.
1: Yeah. And, um, Drew, why don't you take us in, uh, Kaito, luminary of the stars, has got to go. He's got his execution. How does it go? Well, it doesn't go
0: off how Monokuma planned. Um, he, uh, before the execution even begins, he starts coughing up blood hardcore and Mm -hmm. is, is, he's like on his last leg. Um, but Monokuma throws him into a uh a space shuttle and rockets him about two feet in the air and then it turns around and starts drilling into the earth.
1: Yeah, this is a throwback obviously to the very first uh, execution from Danganronpa Rumpa One. Yep. Yeah. And uh he goes
0: through the earth, comes out the other end, and is going up to the the sky. And uh he's he's made it to space and as he's looking out the window he sees he's in space and falls over dead from his illness. Yeah. And it
1: says uh error, you know, execution error. Yeah, execution failed, that- right? Yeah. yeah. He's uh he so he doesn't die by Monokuma's sandy he dies by the whatever the the virus or illness that he was carrying.
0: But there's one other big thing that happens during the execution. A piece of debris while it's mm-hmm. drilling uh, comes up and hits um Kibo in the head knocking
1: off his little hair yeah they thing. I believe it's uh, in Japanese it's called the Ohego okay and basically what it is that it's like this weird piece of hair like large piece of hair that's sticking out at the top of your head mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of something that like like main characters and stuff like that have if you look at all the other donkin games like Makoto. Uh, Hajime, uh, even Shuichi and Kaede all had like this hair sticking out. Yeah, you know, all at the top. It's 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 marquee for for whatever character you're controlling, but that thing just kind of falls out. Yeah, after he said, he's and he isn't himself.
0: It's kind of buzzing out, right? Yeah. Um. After that, everybody's kind of overly sad. Um uh everybody goes back to uh the the school
1: grounds actually no before before they do that monokuma actually does something very weird he takes out a flashback light that's right that's right yeah and Then he shines it on him he's like and then they don't remember anything nothing happens yeah and monokuma says this one's actually really special and you guys will see why and he just kind of leaves ominously. Like, we're like, oh, fuck, what, what, what did he do to us? Like, we don't know what happened. Because yeah. uh, they didn't get any new memories or anything like that or get that kind of flashback. And there's one other thing that we see um, is a bit of a mindbreaker is that we see a silhouette of a person who looks exactly oh, yeah. like Junko yeah. standing in front of a giant Monokuma head. In this like huge container or vial or something like it looks that. Looks like it's been put back together. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. And then uh, Jinko says, "Oh, they have so much ahead of them. Such despair." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know they're back at the courtyard, and um, you know not kind of oblivious to all these canis things that might be going on in the background they're like oh man you know what are we going to do but they decide like you know what there's nothing to do but just doing things so they decide to just train and Sumugi and uh, Himiko also show up as well and they're like oh man it's night out it's nice outside today but uh, where's, where's Kibo and then we get this scene of Kibo where he goes full anime hero He's like decked out on new equipment. He looks like he's got like these like miniaturized rocket launchers on his shoulder. He's got this huge like laser gun looking thing on his arm. He's got a jetpack, and he says that it's quiet now. I've always had this inner voice, you know. I've always heard this thing that's always led me to the right path. That told me that what I needed to do, but I don't hear it anymore. So that must mean my will is my own. And once and for all, I'm going to end these killing games, this place of despair. I will shine hope on this place and bring it all to an end. And he takes off into the sky in a brink in the blink of an eye and basically starts blowing everything up with his cannons and that's how we end, Chapter five. Yep. yep pretty crazy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah guys. so um so let's let's go. Let's go ahead. Oh, actually, why don't we do emails first?
0: You no, know, do emails first? Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Let me get my phone here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we got two emails, uh, from Jamie. Uh, one's for each trial. It says, uh, the first one is called Fly Me to the Moon. It says, hi guys. Uh, and then another one bites the dust. Poor Gunta. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd feel bad for Moo, but well, she's Moo. The only good part about this trial is that we finally get some information about the real world, namely that it's really terrible and will make you want to kill yourself, which I guess isn't much. Okay, I have a new theory, and it's a little nuts. It's so crazy that I think I'm either totally out to lunch or spot on. I'm putting all my cards on the table here, so try not to laugh at me too hard. Just to clarify, uh what now? No, just, oh. I can't it now. <laughs> just to clarify where I am in the story while I'm writing this, I've opened the rooms, uh, from the new keys and right, uh, right now Kaito is trying to get us to battle Monokuma. Just after the trial, they opened Ka- uh, Kaito's lab. Maki mentioned Noah's Ark. I had thought about that too, specifically because they want two to remain, as I mentioned last email. Probably a girl and a guy. It would make sense if the world were ending. Uh, there was also a memory of Rontaro and him telling Suichi to take part in the Killing Game. In fact, with each use of the flashback light, they seem to remember wanting to be part of the Killing Game. This must mean they uh, that they believed in what they were doing. So here is where my crazy theory starts. I think that the students were part of an arc... And that using the ultimate astronaut, they traveled somewhere else, Mars, to the moon, who knows, maybe a space station. This means that the funeral wasn't really a funeral, but maybe a shrine for the last hope of the world. I think their ultimates also play into this. In a colony, you would need an ultimate inventor, an ultimate investigator, an ultimate pianist, artist, magician for entertainment and culture, and the ultimate anthropologist for understanding humanity and an ultimate entomologist um, to investigate how species live off Earth. The ultimate maid would take care of them, and what sci-fi movie slash show wouldn't have an android? Anyways, they all seem to make sense. I think this is still a simulation. Maybe they are still plugged into something like a hibernation pod. I think Kokichi is a stowaway, and he's hijacked the program. He is supposed to be the ultimate supreme leader, but maybe he's the ultimate trickster or something along those lines. Um, I think that at some point they realize there was a problem and now they need to kill Koichi, Kukichi, even if it means killing themselves along the way, but they need to ensure that, that two survive. I still think that if they die, they go into hibernation, uh, though, so they aren't really dead, but the two who uh, make it will be able to wake up the rest. And not Kokichi. I wish I could remember the funeral picture because I can't remember if Kokichi was there. Although if the theory is to be believed, he could have rigged the program. The theory has lots of holes. I've seen the, the door to Rontaro's room and it looks like he's the ultimate murderer or something. It's odd with weapons and blood. I just don't know uh, what he could be. I was thinking he was the organizer of this plan, since he is the one who is we see talking to Suichi and telling him to remember that they want to die. Anyways, I uh, if I were writing the game, uh, that's what I would do. Looking forward to seeing how they actually finish the game. There, my grand rewritten his theory. Can't wait to see how wrong I am. Jmups, I was just trolling Drew by the way when I said my theory was more right. I'm usually way out to lunch. Well, then here's the next email, which completely rewrites everything. I guess. <laughs> well, that's uh, this, kind
2: of a game, though, right? Your, your theories keep changing.
0: That's well, yeah, because they keep throwing curveballs at you constantly and changing, putting your world upside down constantly. So this one's titled "Worst Trial Ever." Uh, and by worst I clearly mean the best They really tugged on the heartstrings On this one huh uh, the, For a few trials I've suspected Kaito Because I didn't want to lose him And I suspected Kokichi Because I wanted that son of a bitch to die <laughs> uh, Then they put them both Into a trial together And proceeded to break my heart over and over It was a trial where they really did Bring back the hope and despair cycle Kaito's alive. No, he's dead. Alive, dead. I mean, the only person who was more messed up than me was Maki. Uh, that little romance they had there was fantastic. I love that there is always some sort of romantic subplot going on in each game. In the end, his death brought them closer, but it still hurt. It amazes me how these games completely suck me in. Okay, so theory time. First, I have to say I feel like a bit of a fraud since I changed my theory right before it was mostly revealed. When listening to the podcast last week, I realized that some of the ideas I had really went along with the, some of the things you guys have been saying. I had previously thought of an arc, but I didn't think that they would literally spell it out for us. By that mean, by that I mean that Maki mentioned the arc thing before it was revealed, so that threw me off. I still don't think that the whole truth that that's the whole truth. Kokichi even said in the script through Kaito that he had lied again. We basically can't trust anything he says, so all that art stuff he told us could be a lie. I panicked when he did this explaining because I thought it confirmed that they were all really dead, but I'm going to stick with my theory that they are all still in hibernation. I think that maybe Monokumba is making them relive this over and over while they sleep. He did imply that if they failed, that uh, there would be others that could take their place. I think that uh, could mean that he starts over or brings back the dead. I also think that uh, that's why they couldn't come up with a body to put in the press. Monokuma said that he puts the bodies in the garbage but it didn't go into detail. Also, what would the point be of bringing them back to Earth? That seems like a waste of effort. I think that that uh, was a trick to make them think that they are back. Monokuma seemed like he really wasn't really wasn't really teamed up with kokichi so i think there is still quite a bit that we haven't told just yet let's talk about that big reveal was it a reveal it sure looked and sounded like uh, it was junko but she's dead even in danganronpa 2 and 3 they couldn't get around that one it was an ai she modeled after herself uh that was the ultimate despair in in those ones so how can there be a Junko? Wait, is she a clone? Are they clones? That would be a twist. Lastly, I wonder if Kibo's creator was Makoto since they say that he had remade the school with these uh and these were the students. Maybe uh, there is a bit of Makoto in Kibo. It does make me pretty sad after uh the huge world ending event that Makoto uh at all had to endure and rebuild from, and then boom, destroy the world again. If that's true, it's pretty sad. I also wonder if they are going to revisit the motive videos. I wonder if that would give them more clues. Anyways, loving it, even though I'm still mad about Kaede, and the fact that they haven't resurrected anyone yet, and all those I thought would live are now dead. Jamie.
1: I'm glad she, she made a list and she's sticking with it. But uh, yeah, uh, happy to see she enjoyed the fifth case, regardless of the fact that uh, it broke her heart in some ways. And that's something that we didn't touch in. I think the relationship between Maki and Kaito was handled pretty well. I think uh, Maki being the person that she is, being kind of trained from a young age to being this assassin, having everyone around her being apprehensive and... Trying to stay away from her or even trying to kill her. Kaito being... That he is accepting who Maki is, not believing that she's this cold-hearted killer that would, you know, kill whenever and whenever. So, um, she really took to him. And uh, Kaito did too because I think Kaito really sensed that Maki also needed someone uh, to kind of really believe in her as well. So they really hit it off.
2: Just like Shuichi needed him.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um... And the interesting thing I thought was um, whenever there is like a love interest or story that's kind of built around a, a fictional game like this is that it's always based on the main character, right? Because that's how you pull at the heartstrings because their their affection and their emotions are all kind of uh, pointed towards you. And that's how you get involved. But Shui-chi, uh, Shuichi's feelings were for Kaede. And even though regardless of the fact that she's already dead... Um, that hasn't like gone away like his his hope and his wishes and him kind of carrying on her will is is a part of that kind of love that he has for her but for maki that person is kaito you know this could have easily been if this was in most other cases maki would have also fallen for Shuichi as well because that's how these kind of situations go right they always fall for the main character some kind of like a harem or something like that and that's how they go and the fact that these two side characters that you're not in control of at all, like fell in love on the side, and they did their own thing, and then they had made their own connections. And seeing, you know, like, seeing them like ripped apart like this in a uh, in a way was uh, was very interesting, and also kind of heartbreaking, as uh, as Jamie was saying. Uh, how do you how do you feel about this relationship, Drew? Um.
0: I, I mean, I, they, you know, uh, yeah, they did it for emotional reasons, but I thought
1: it, it could have not been there. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I think it was very necessary for Maki's development as a character. Yeah, like, no, who, she, who she is at the beginning of the game and who she is now at the end of Chapter 5, I think she's a very different person. It's true. And they yeah, had to show think, that change somehow, so... Yeah, and also the the way, like... The things like the violent faces that she shows when she's like really upset and like ready to kill, I think those are, those are really extreme and really kind of nailed, nailed the point home of the kind of person that she could have been instead, right? If, if, if she was shunned by everyone, just like she would expect it to be where, where a lot of people were thinking about like, look, we have, we gotta, we gotta like contain her, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, after chapter, after chapter two, they were like, oh man, guys, like, we gotta find a way. Maybe we should restrain her before she kills anybody. They were trying to gang up on her, which would have obviously had some chain effects because she would have obviously lashed out as well in order to protect herself. But it was all thanks to Kaito, you know, saying that like, guys, it's okay. You know, I I believe in her. I think we can trust her. Uh, I'll bring her back into the fold, and everything's gonna be fine. And that became a big reason why the group uh, remained uh, together more than it actually could have been. So I think that relationship was pretty good, um, but at the same time it was kind of—it's kind of sad for Shuichi because like his love interest died so fast, you know. It's like just when they were starting to really connect with each other and feeling that bond, and then it just got ripped apart. It's just, just one of those situations, I guess. But uh, well, let's go straight into our favorite section where we look at how well we've done so far. Yeah. And uh, we looked at the three characters, three favorite characters that you want to save, uh, you want to survive till the very end. And we have Shuichi and Kibo for Drew, and they're both well alive, so good work there. Yep. We also have Shuichi and Maki for for Matt, and uh, both of them are doing fine, you know, all the way through chapter six. So good work there. So you you guys have only lost one character each on your survival list. And uh, let's look at the, the most suspicious characters of who we think is the mastermind or whether there whether there is a mastermind. Drew, to this question, you think there is a mastermind, and you believe that to be Kaito. Yeah. Uh, a, a, do you still believe that there is a mastermind amongst the students? And B, do you still want to stick with Kaito, or do you want to change it? Because this is the last opportunity. You get to change your theories, change your suspicious characters, or anything.
0: I, not, there is a mastermind, but I, I'm starting to think that they're not,
1: they're not one of the students. Okay, so you're going with Matt as well, along with the no answer then. Cause mm. that's the, that's a question, okay. So you're going, you're switching your answer to no. And, uh, Matt, are you inclined to change your answer at this point?
2: Nope, I still think it's definitely somebody outside of the group.
1: And I believe you guys pointed out, or Matt specifically pointed out, that you think it was from someone from the other Dungeon Rumble games, and not so much from within this group of students. Correct?
2: Yep. So I, yeah. I got a little tingly when I saw Junko as well.
1: <laughs> That's true.
2: And... Although you know, to, to be honest, I've actually been thinking that it was you know, like Makoto or somebody good.
1: Yeah, yeah, you thought you thought it wasn't done out of maliciousness as well. But either way, the question posed to you was, you know, is is one is a mastermind one of those guys? And you you said no, so you're still correct either way. And um, we're looking at the point where it says, you know, two characters uh, that you you believe will definitely die. You guys pointed out uh, Drew said Sumugi and Kaito, while Matt said Himiko and Mew. So we can both roll out Kaito and Mew as the dead ones, and then we both have Sumugi and Himiko left as two characters you believe will definitely die before the end of the game. Uh, and the, uh, the words that were written on the grass was, uh, the, the, the world is mine by Kokichi Oma. And, uh, so that didn't come out to be like the world is fake or the world is not real or anything like that. But now, but now, we're at the stretch, guys. This is it. This is the last time. That we're gonna be talking about your theories, okay? This is the last time you're able to change any facet of it, whether you want to or not, because we've gotten so much new information since the last time we we visited this idea, right? So the concepts that we had, the theories uh, of, uh, of, let's start with Matt, right? Matt, did you would you like to change your theory in any way, possible?
2: Uh, the only real way I would tweak it at the moment sure. is. I mean, I, I don't think it's as much, like, lab-based genetic experimentation as I thought originally. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a bit like, I don't know if you ever saw the TV show Ascension.
1: I have not. Could you elaborate a little bit?
2: So it came out a few years ago, I want to say 2013 or 2014. And, you know, this show, it, it's 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 set up as a murder mystery on a spaceship Ooh. in space neat and it's only it's more like a mini series than a show but you find out like the big reveal spoiler if anybody hasn't seen it is that that ship never left earth and it's just set up in this giant hangar it's Mm -hmm. an experiment yeah the whole thing's an experiment and they're like watching the people trapped inside hmm so I don't necessarily think that this thing is all just an experiment like that. I don't think it's sort of, there's nobody like taking notes on it necessarily. But, you know, when they opened that door and it was Earth outside, you know, I don't really think it's, I don't really think it's another planet. But then all of the other things that made me think it was a different planet or a spaceship mm-hmm. are still true. Like the, you know, Gonta with the stars.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that even came up again. I think Samugi said, oh, Gonta was right. The stars are pretty. You know, so just another an, another comment on the stars makes me think that, you know, maybe it isn't Earth.
1: But the, how do you explain what, what they saw when they opened the door to the outside?
2: Good question. Um, so that that's where I kind of got a bit of an ascension thing. Maybe it's mm-hmm. Maybe it is off of Earth. But the spaceship is set up like inside a room of sorts, you know. Maybe, maybe all of that rest of the world was a projection.
1: Okay, so you're saying the the, the what they were shown is like a projection and it wasn't real.
2: Yeah, I still okay. stick by. I don't. I don't think that what they're in is a simulation. But you know, it may be parts of it aren't authentic.
1: Okay, so what I'm basically getting rid of uh, from your uh, Theory is that you still believe that it's uh, post-apocalyptic. It is not on Earth. But it is still kind of like that seed oasis that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Kind of like yeah. these, yeah, these, uh, the the best, you're trying to make the best of a bad situation where you're kind of going along with the idea of salvaging salvaging uh, mankind, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. And again, that, as you mentioned, the fact that that was kind of laid out so early mm-hmm. uh, makes me hesitate a little bit.
1: Certainly. Well, you have the option to change, but I mean, if you look at all the evidence based around it, it does seem the most plausible scenario so far, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to be getting rid of the experimental side of it. There's like no like scientists taking notes on what's going on, but everything yeah. else is basically the same.
2: Yeah, basically.
1: And and uh, you still believe that it is connected to the other Dunkin' Rumble games, correct?
2: Yep, even more so now with Junko showing up.
1: Certainly, okay, Drew, my friend. Yes, you you were at a digital simulation, but uh, it wasn't anything nefarious, though. You wanted you wanted to make ultimates, but you were doing this not out of some kind of malicious effect. You were not creating weapons or anything like that, Uh, and you were feeling after the second episode that um, maybe these ultimates were actually memories of dead ultimate students Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and they're being uploaded to these regular people for whatever reasons uh is there anything you'd like to change your theory or anything like that yeah uh, i still think
0: it's a simulation i don't i don't Mm -hmm. think this world is real okay um i think um i think they're still trying to make an ultimate now my theory now kind of evolves into this is all for suichi or this is all for an individual person probably suichi um and i kept busy he chose to co- go in here suichi was uh, you know kind of a greenhorn to begin with and maybe he's wanting to become you know develop into the ultimate detective and this is why he's being put through this Oh, interesting. Kind of like a training exercise. So you're saying Shuichi
1: is writing? Uh, I wouldn't say writing. No, no, no. R- writing from Metal Gear Solid 2. Remember? Yeah. The whole thing was a training digital scenario? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um. yeah, but I, I don't think It's a this much
1: is... different scope.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I, I think, I, th- I feel like this is, all right, so I don't think it started off as nefarious, mm-hmm. um, but something has hijacked it. Mm, hijacked. Um, uh, kind of like in Danganronpa 2, where, you know, the simulation was originally there to help them, but then mm-hmm. something bad happened and Monokuma got in. Um, maybe that's happening again. But do
1: you believe that uh, what we know from Kodaka, he'd be... He'd do it again. He'd do it again, the uh, exact same thing. Is that likely to you? Uh, probably
0: not, but I don't know. I got, like I said, I don't. I've always said that I have theories, but I have no idea how they end.
1: Yeah, so. certainly. That's that's one of the fun parts of theories trying to connect with the dots and see where they go. But you were seeing a lot in this particular episode, saying like, "Well, this connects to my theory." Yeah. So what? What from the last two class trials make you? believe in your theory even more well the the fact that rentaro
0: we see Rintaro talking to somebody and it's not and he's he's not talking to a group of people he's talking to a person yeah. and that's what makes me think that this is for somebody just somebody um now, do I think that they're all dead and this is like them uploading their consciousnesses into other people? I don't think so anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, if, if I want to go like, you know, go completely out there, like, you know, go all in, I think this is for Suichi to become the ultimate detective because I don't think he is right now, but this is okay. going to turn him into the ultimate detective.
1: So, so they're just trying to create the the greatest detective of all time kind of deal. Is that what you feel? Well, I yeah,
0: I think that uh, parts of this is true. Like the whole, they're rebuilding Hope's Peak Academy. Um, Maybe they're they're like they're wanting to you know create these ultimates to fill the
1: the Hope's Peak Academy again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That um, sounds like a really tough thing to go through in order to join the whole Speak Academy, though. That's true.
0: Maybe they... Well, that's the thing. Maybe a lot of them have died out. Possibly, you know. Maybe all the Ultimates have have died, or you know, are are not the Ultimates anymore. And they're like, "Well, we have to replace them. So let's let's put them through these trial by fires to turn them into."
1: So, what do you make of the whole Gopher Project? Because the thing about the Gopher Project and the revelations that we had in the previous case is that it actually fits in very nicely in yeah. tune with matt 's theory, but that has nothing to do with what you 're saying at all I know so do you think that's something like a like a red herring or just a simple lie, or how do you feel about that i
0: don't know i don 't know i f- I feel like they they do have memories of the Gopher project maybe mm-hmm. they 're prepping these people for the gopher project maybe the gopher okay. project hasn't actually started okay. yet
1: okay so I'm, I'm gonna put you down basically as a theory that in particular the thing that you said the most is that they're grooming shuichi in particular so i'm gonna say that put your two theories together and say they are grooming shuichi to become the ultimate detective so that he can go he can be useful to the gopher project is that is that is that correct yeah we'll that, go with that's that. Theory? yeah okay yeah, 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 that that, that kind of combines your two theories into one. I think that that makes sense. There's a lot of evidence towards that. So okay. So there is one more question that I have to ask now that we're right at the end of the game. And this is a question that I've been, uh, you know, curious about your answers to for a long time. And uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you something. What do you think the Japanese word for hope is? I don't know. It is kibo. The Japanese word for hope is Kibo. Hmm. So, knowing that information now, and knowing, obviously, that Kibo's name is identical to the one he had in the Japanese version of the game, what is the inner voice that Kibo is referring to? Makoto. Drew? Wow, that was a a quick shot answer.
0: I have been saying since the first episode that Kibo is related to Makoto in some way.
1: Yes, you, you did definitely say that. I have it in my files right here. You did make the reference between Kibo and Makoto. And uh, Matt, what have you see. What is the inner voice of Kibo?
2: Uh, so I'm not sure what I would have said, but Makoto makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
1: okay, certainly does. Is that the answer you're going for as well? You guys don't have to choose different answers just in case. But like, If you feel that's the right answer, you can go for it. But if you have a different theory... Mm, mm, not really. Yeah, so you're you're on the Makoto train.
2: Yeah, I like it. Okay. Makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, Drew, you've, uh, like you said, you said that from the very beginning, saying that uh, one of the characters that you want to survive and uh, that you, ha- you saw a good chance of was Kibo, and you said that Kibo might be some kind of a surrogate for, uh, for Makoto in some ways. Uh, do you think there is any evidence of that outside of his name being literally Hope?
0: Um he looks like him.
1: A little bit, sure. I can see I feel like
0: he looks like him. He kinda of slightly acts like him. A little naive mm-hmm. um timid kind of thing.
2: Um I don't know. I also I have one outside reason to think that he's important in more than the simple way, and that's when we when we first started playing this game, I went, you know, I just I googled it and I found some. I assume they were maybe the Japanese cover of the game or something, but it had mm-hmm. Kibo front and center, and he was like glowing.
1: That's true. That's which, one of the uh, key arts they put out as well for promotional.
2: Yeah, things. which which to me means that he's more important again than he has been so far.
1: Okay. Well, obviously, he survived all the way to the very end, right? That makes him important already.
2: Um, right, but so is Maki, and other than the little emotional triangle, she isn't, not a huge part of the story.
1: That's true. Or That's true for enough.
2: Cry
1: yeah, Samugi or yeah. Himiko, right? Like, to me,
2: yeah. Samugi Sumi- yeah. and Himiko are both kind of useless. Uh,
1: they they the, kind of are. The the th- Well, the thing is, is that
0: Himiko's actually been used as like, oh, she's the fucking culprit or something like that. Samugi has never been Touted Anything. as a culprit, or you know, looked at as a victim. Uh, they
1: they actually touted her as a culprit at the very beginning of the first chapter, using her uh, her cosplay power. But then that's yeah. when they uh, brought the whole cosbox. But uh, she hasn't been used too much, You're right? Yeah. So uh, you know, I I suppose that that comes down to the last question, the possibly the most important question that was asked at the very beginning of the game that we never answered: Does kibo have a dick? I'm not, I'm not really asking that question. No, I'm just he does not. Have a penis. <laughs> okay. Uh, I won't, I won't say that we'll get an answer to that question by the end, so don't, don't hang on to that question too much. I'm not, I'm not really asking it. But, uh, yeah, guys, like, um, made some s- small modification to Matt's theory. I, I like the fact that he's, like, basically sticking to his guns from the very beginning. Drew, I think you made some rather significant changes to the, uh, to your theory, except for your overarching whole digital simulation of creating ultimates and stuff like that, that's always been consistent. But the reasoning and the motive behind them has been constantly uh, shifting for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that's very interesting, because you guys are able to hold um, true what the theories that you have from the very beginning, even with all this new information that we're getting, with the silhouette of Junko showing up, or with this information of the meteorites and the virus and the Gopher Project and everything else in between. But everything you want to know and more will be revealed when you guys finally get through the final Mm -hmm. last trial next week. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a doozy of a conversation. Because you guys have to understand, like, I had beaten this game, like, ages ago at this point. So I've been sitting on these, like, discussions and ideas and questions for so long. (laughs) And to not have uh, the the option to kind of uh, say them out loud. Even in the smallest ways with the with without the hint of uh you know it potentially ruining it for someone else like i've been I've been keeping quiet you know like not not posting anything, not doing anything about it. so when we get into it next week, it's going to be some serious business, and what I'll say to you guys is that when I beat the game, I didn't know how I felt. I had to sit on that thought, I had to think about it, roll it around in my head for a day or two, so Try to beat the game like a day before we discuss it, because I think it takes time to process more than any of the other games, hmm. uh, in my in my humble opinion. And you guys will see why I, I'm saying this specifically when you get there. Uh, whether that's for good or bad is, is will be up to your interpretation, but I do believe that it takes time to process so just, just just keep that in mind so try to like you know uh finish it a day before we record or something like that that way you have all your thoughts in order because if you're speaking with a lot of emotion in your heart then uh it's gonna be very difficult to discuss things like right. logically so uh just, just keep that in mind i will I, I would also post the same thing to jamie as well i know she's been uh sitting on the final chapter uh, i think she beat the uh, four and five like a week ago And then she's just kind of Just been kind of Chilling at this point So, um, so We'll see, we, we'll should see find
2: the, we should find the truth Of the ending Not just <laughs> believe That it's going to be good
1: <laughs> mm, I suppose that's one way To interpret Obviously I'm not going to Say anything definitively You know to, to color your expectations A certain way But um, It's not going to be As clear cut as the previous games is the only thing I'll say. Hmm. It, it will take time for you to process. You'll have to think about it um, and uh, come to your own interpretation of what it all means at the end of it. And that's going to be the most exciting discussion of all. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to how this is going to go. Fantastic. Well,
0: that uh, wraps it up for us for this episode. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, you can uh, follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS and J is at Batusai J. The podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, emails. You can send an email, drew at ZTGD.com. You can uh, talk about Dongan Rampa if you're playing along with us. Um, suggest games to us. We have the next two games actually locked up. Uh, Matt will be doing NaNoWriMo uh, during the month of November. But I am actually going to be uh, bringing in Sophie back. uh, And we are going to be playing through Alan Wake. That's a good Um, one. Uh, Excellent. Good choice. So uh, we're going to be doing that for November. So kind of horror-ish a little bit. Uh, Sure. Mm -hmm. Two two quote-unquote scary games back-to-back. We'll be okay with that since we're making it up for October. But uh, that is it for us. Um, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm
1: Matt. Uh, I'm Jay.
0: And we're out of here. You guys have a great one. We'll be back with the conclusion to Rampa V3. Killing Harmony.